Wing Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 278, Part 9, Interviews from the Deck, April 17th at Sun and Fun 2021. Let's do the pre-flight. Well, well, folks, welcome to another episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We continue with interviews recorded live from the deck of Sun and Fun Radio. This is on day five, which was April 17th, 2021. You know, you can listen to these interviews all throughout the year at liveatc.net slash SNF and also snfradio.com. The interviews I'm going to go over are the ones that we just did as Stuck Mike Avcast, but there are some other podcasters there that have done interviews. And again, you can go to liveatc.net slash SNF and listen to it live right now. I've got 14 interviews for you, so I'm going to go through the list real quickly here. First interview up is uh, Airplanes and Coffee. We talked to the founders of airplanesandcoffee.com. It's a Facebook group and also a website. Really interesting folks talking about the passion of aviation. Second, we talked to Harley Richards, who's now the chairman of Sun and Fun. You can find out more about some exciting things that are coming up for Sun and Fun in the future. Third interview is Brent Mall of Mall Aircraft, keeping the dream alive, flying uh, incredibly fun uh, short takeoff and landing aircraft. Our fourth interview is with Robert De Laurentiis, his pole-to-pole flight. Really interesting, uh, inspirational, and, and truly a, a great aviator. Fifth is Kathy Amon, a Guardian Ad Litem program. If you don't know what the Guardian Ad Litem program is, she's going to explain that to you. Amy Gesh is our sixth interview from Whip Air Floats. Whip Air Floats, uh, again, keeping the dream alive. They're flying on floats on the water. Uh, it's, that was such a fun interview. you got to listen to that one on number six. Number seven actually was me. Uh, I talk about aviation careers in 2021. As you know, we have the sister podcast, aviationcareerspodcast.com, and talk about some projections in the future for all aviation careers. Number eight is Michelle Grays and Brianna Dittman, Women in Aviation. Brianna was uh, one of the students at Polk State College, went up to Jacksonville and started a Women in Aviation chapter up there in Jacksonville. If you want to learn more about uh, Women in Aviation chapter, that's a really good uh, interview to listen to. Next, number nine is Jeff Leneau from Storelock Modular Drawer. Uh, Storelock is a, a company that stores your tools in these really interesting uh, modular type of uh, units that are, are awesome. You actually can stand on them. Uh, so if you're the type of person who likes to work on their own airplane or has a car in the garage, et cetera, this is the person to listen to. Number 10, Fran Orlandino from AvLabs, Oil Analysis, and more. Uh, AvLab.com, you can learn about uh, analysis on your aircraft and also on many more things that they do at AvLabs. Next up, number 11 is Colin Stagnito, Kevin Cortez, and Eric Webb. We talk about the AOPA sweepstakes, Grumman Tiger. Uh, I love the Grumman aircraft, and this is really interesting. And you can enter to win that aircraft. He'll tell you more in that interview. Number 12 is Terry... Uh, excuse me, Trey Murdoff from TL North America, TLSportAircraft.com, talking about light sport aircraft, again, that are affordable 
and they're also oh, so much fun to fly. He has some great products there. So check out tlsportaircraft.com. Number 13 is Cynthia Roosevelt. Uh, actually, her name is uh, Rosie. Most people know her by Rosie. She's an AMT, Aviation Maintenance Technician Instructor, over at polkpathway.com uh, through the Travis Technical Institute. So she has some really interesting news about how you can get your Aviation Maintenance Technician license at Travis Tech and, in general, uh, careers in the future. So if that's something you're interested in, really great interview. And last on the, uh, number 14, not least, is one of the sponsors there of, uh, of Sun and Fun Radio, Susan Levitt from Green Bay, Austin Straubel Airport, uh, flygrb.com. We really appreciate what she's done to help uh, sponsor the deck at <laughs> Stuck Mike Avcast and also the, the folks there at uh, Sun and Fun Radio. She's a really passionate aviator, loves her airport, and if you're flying up to the other Oshkosh uh, air show, you should check out her airport at Austin Straubel Airport. Anyway, let's go to the interviews. I hope you enjoy it. Now entering cruise flight. We are going to jump right in this morning with some interviews. Some guys came up to me the other day. They're wearing T-shirts that say airplanes and coffee, and I was like, now I'm talking my language. So... And before I go, before we jump into the interview, though, I want to say hello and welcome back to our former Cub reporter and now on-air announcer and radio host, Trevor Seminole. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning, Dave. It is fantastic to be back here at Sun and Fun 2021. Two years. Can you believe that? It's crazy. It's bad, yeah. But yeah, we're here on the deck, and it seems like it was yesterday. It really does. Driving down here this morning, so much, so many memories. It's so great to be back. That's right, folks. He, Trevor hit a certain age, and he got that deep voice, so I couldn't use him as a kid <laughs> reporter anymore. Yeah, and I kind of lost that. stepping up and helping out Trevor with this interview, or actually backing up Trevor for this interview, is my Sun and Fun Radio co-chairman of Live Air, my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Carl Valeri. Take it, Carl. I'm going to step back. Good morning, Carl, and good morning to uh, everyone listening in on Sun and Fun Radio. And I am joined by the deck this morning with Russ and John from AirplanesAndCoffee.com. And I have to say, reading a little bit about your organization, I am really interested in learning about all of the things that you all do. Um, Airplanes and Coffee is a nonprofit organization raising money for scholarships uh, aimed at for kids going into aviation programs with PTSD. And I am so so excited to have you guys here on the deck. So great to be back. Carl, welcome. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. It's great to be here, Trevor. It's wonderful to have you around the deck. I mean, this has been wonderful having you over the years. And I want to say one thing. Congratulations on your five-year anniversary as a volunteer here Thank at you. Sun and Fun. Thanks so much. You know, the one thing that we, we love is airplanes. The other thing I love is coffee. Now we could do both with airplanes and coffee. Guys, welcome to the deck. I appreciate you coming today. Thank you very much. We're happy to be here. You know, who doesn't like airplanes and coffee? Tell us a little bit about your organization, John. So it actually started um, back in August. Found out about that other organization, Cars and Coffee, and I looked it up and I said, hey, there's not an airplanes and coffee. Why is that? So, of course, created a Facebook account, a uh, Facebook group called Airplanes and Coffee, and uh, we said, let's have our first meetup. And we had our first meetup back in August at the Addison Airport in Texas. Uh, it was a very small group of people that joined us, but we had a great time nonetheless. And then we said, hey, let's make this a thing. And every first Saturday of the month since then, we've had a fly-in, and now we're having easily over 100 aircraft show up and hundreds of people. So it's blown up very quickly in just eight months. 
That's what happens when you have airplanes and coffee together, you know? And <laughs> That's right. I'm assuming, you know, that $100 hamburger turns into maybe a couple bucks instead, maybe. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a $45 cup of coffee. Yeah, the gas isn't any cheaper, but no. the donuts are free. So. <laughs> there you go. So this organization that you put together just through that Facebook page has, has really grown, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, we've, we've jumped from... You know, eight months ago, we're over 5,500 members on the Facebook group alone. And we have several hundred that don't do Facebook, so we reach out to them through uh, email and text messaging and that sort of thing and just kind of keep them up to, up to speed on where the next one is. So we, we've got quite a bit of following. So we looked at it, and we just said, you know, this thing's growing so fast, we could probably cre- create a nonprofit and actually do some good here. And so we did. We uh, registered a nonprofit in Texas and um, – just started the airplanes and coffee company and we're raising money for scholarships for you know kids going into aviation related programs um you know educational programs and then also you know we've got a heart for uh, our veterans and so we're raising money for those suffering for ptsd so uh, that one's kind of near and dear to my heart so there you go so on the internet, if people are listening right now on fifteen ten a.m. or liveatc.net slash snf, where can they find you online? Uh, online, you can go to airplanesandcoffee.com, or you can jump on Facebook, and there's a Facebook group as well as a company group called Airplanes and Coffee. How do you go about raising money for uh, the folks with PTSD? I mean, how does that actually happen? You, at these events, do they donate? Is that what they, I They do. We, we put, basically put out a fishbowl is what we, we did. Um, the, the nonprofit's really new. Uh, we just, this last event is the first time we attempted to even, you know, try to raise any money. Uh, we did make the t-shirts and we've got uh, you know cool. t-shirts for sale and and all the proceeds that, that come out of those I th- also goes into the funds so um it's definitely not you know it's to us it's just a, a kind of a labor of love we just we really really enjoy throwing the fly-ins and meeting all the pilots and and of course you know we get an opportunity to go fly in their airplanes with them and that's a lot of fun <laughs> so uh you know that's that's our benefit from it but you know, so really, all the money we make goes into it. Obviously, it's a it's a corporation, so there's a, there's a few bills, but we we try to keep those to a very very minimum. So right. um, all the money that we can possibly put into the funds, we'll, we'll let those funds grow so that we can do something with them. Well, and I think this is an outstanding testament at how social media has really made aviation so much more accessible and being able to create things just like this, connecting aviators from around the country, different parts of the state, bringing them together for such an amazing cause. I think it's uh, just outstanding what you guys have done. Yeah. And a, and a big reason also that, you know, um, what drives me is uh, Mike Roberts, who is the gentleman that also helps us with these events. Um, he's the one that got me into aviation and I didn't really know that general aviation was a thing until I was like 27. So there's a lot of people out there that haven't had that exposure. And we hope that through having these fly-ins and this social media presence and us coming to wonderful events like Sun and Fun, that we're able to really get a lot more people into aviation. Absolutely. I'm a huge believer that we need to do a better job as a general aviation community at connecting not just with students, but everyday people, everyone, and explaining what general aviation is. And so fantastic work it is it, i mean it's really a neat story because you know john was like they worked together and, and mike's told him said hey you want to go fly he says i own an airplane it's right down the street and he's like really 
And so they went flying. So one of the things that we do is we do discovery flights at our fly-ins, and we do absolutely free. But if we find someone, we're talking to someone, they say they've never been up in a small airplane before, we're like, let's go. So we've done over awesome. 40 discovery flights, um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, again, they can find you on the Internet, Airplanes and Coffee? Right right now, the website's still in the process of being uh, a a few things tweaked. The best place to follow us right now is definitely our Facebook group. And if you search Airplanes and Coffee, you'll see a red Cessna 7223 Tango. That's our flagship. And uh, that's definitely the best place to get updates right now. And we expect in the next week or so, our website will be fully completed. So. But the website is there. They can't yeah. find us there. It's, it's there, but it's Simple on Facebook. But just as a reminder, you don't have to want to fly. You might just be one of those people who's just an av geek. You know, we love to have av geeks. We have up. quite we a do. few people that drive in that just come to talk to pilots and look at airplanes. Yeah, so if they want to help out, they can with this oh, organization. Anybody can, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And uh, who doesn't want to get together, talk about airplanes? And uh, even if you're not someone that flies them, look at all the people that are here today. The majority now today, because of the air show, are people that fly. They're just families wanting to come out and check out airplanes, take right. people up for flights, and uh, and then let them know that this is a great tool, both for the people to actually get into as a hobby and also to help humanity. Well, and how important general aviation is to the local economies, too. I mean, it's, it's a driving force behind what makes our country go, and a lot of people just don't understand that. They just don't get it. So that's our mission. So we're going to go to some shout-outs next, but uh, Trevor, why don't you make sure that uh, everybody knows where they can find them, and also uh, maybe if you're here on the field today. Yeah, absolutely. Where, uh, let's say people are listening to this right now and want to come see you guys. Where can they find you today at to- Sun of Fun? Today at Sun of Fun? We're we'll be, be all over the place. All over the place. <laughs> Just look for the airplane and coffee shirt. Awesome. And I love the shirt, too, because like car, like I think everyone, airplanes and coffee, great combination. Well, you guys can find them, follow them on Facebook, airplanesandcoffee.com. That website will be up shortly. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank right. you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Really airplanes and coffee. coffee. Airplanes and coffee. One of the things that I think is really important is that we tell the story of Sun and Fun and the importance of Sun and Fun. And uh, Harley Richards, I appreciate you coming today. Uh, the person that's on the deck right now is really someone that is passionate about aviation and has been able to bring his passion to fruition uh, and has become the chairman of the board of Sun and Fun. We really appreciate everything that you have done, both through your life in aviation and what you're going to be doing years to come. As we know, Bob Knight had uh, retired, right. and uh, he'd done a great job, and now you have to carry that torch. And uh, so we really appreciate you and, and all that you do. Looking for some great things to happen in the future. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, someone that's going to join us on the deck who also is uh, just a great advocate for aviation is Eric Crump. Eric Crump with Polk State College and Trevor Seminole. Guys, uh, welcome to the deck. Good great morning. to be here. Yep, thank you. Thank you. So uh, I think, too, one of the things we have to tell people is about the mission of, of Sun and Fun. It's, it's not just a flying. It's the Aerospace Center for Excellence. There's programs out there for students. There's programs out there all year long. This isn't just one event. And there's the Aerospace Center for Excellence. There's actually the air show. So as far as where we came from, we came from this, this rather small air show and up to now to this point. You know, how did we get there? Maybe you have some perspective since you've been involved for many years. Well, I'm, I've been on the board since about 2009. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Lakeland. I'm a Lakeland native. I, I came to the air show. I'm not a I'm not a pioneer. Uh, I left 
Lakeland in uh, 68 and went off to school, came back in 80, started getting involved at that point. Um, Bob Beatty invited me to come on the board around 09, and so I've been here for the evolution of the Central Florida Aerospace Academy. And you mentioned Bob Knight earlier. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. His six-year term as the board chair is when the evolution of the CFAA occurred and the concept for the uh, ACE concept was born. Uh, it was probably a combination of uh, Lean House and Bob Knight that came up with that concept. And, you know, the other big players, Rick Garcia, uh, you know, Bill Eikhoff and uh, others who brought this to fruition. And so it's been a very exciting time to be, in, be involved with Sun and Fun. It's an exciting time, and we're excited to be back, aren't we? Right. That's <laughs> for sure. We are very excited <laughs> to be back. You know, how about your background as far as aviation? Are, are you involved heavily in general aviation? Well, I uh, flew in the back seat uh, with my dad and Johnny Roberts up oh, front cool. back in the uh, late 50s. Dad had a Tri-Pacer 180 Comanche. Uh, I got my license in 75 when I was in Jacksonville. And I've owned, owned several airplanes, and i got a couple of airplanes now. I've got a Champ and a home-built Thorpe. Oh, so, that's um, amazing. I fly every weekend. I've had, had an R-44 helicopter for 10 years and a, a little Hughes 300 for seven years before that. So I've been, uh, been pretty heavily involved, um, which got me into this. I've really enjoyed the uh, Sun and Fun uh, board people. Um, so anyway, I hope that answers yeah, no, that particular I, I question about me. I think people really me. need to know that people that are on the board, everybody in Sun Fun is involved in aviation yep. in, in a certain way. You know, we talk about what we do, trying to inspire aviators. You inspire aviators. You know, uh, Bob, good example, a friend of mine, he, he actually took up flying many, many years ago as a child. And uh, she actually wound up moving forward and, and now is working in the, the actual program yeah. at Sun and Fun, Kimberly Brewer. And uh, she oh, never yeah. would have she never would have got that spark if it wasn't for Bob actually taking her up flying. You know, the young young fellow over here a few minutes ago was talking about people in the community. They, they don't even know about the Sun and Fun flying. That's right. I mean, we've got the second largest civilian air show in the country, and people that yeah. live in Lakeland, Florida, don't even know it. Absolutely, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I live two miles off the end of the runway here. And, and people still ask me, Sun and Fun, that, that's that fly-in thing, right? I said, yeah, you ever been to it? Never. We've been here 30 years. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to try to get you out there. One of the ways we can do that is kind of promote liveatc.net slash SNF. They can listen. Maybe you're sitting in your house right now, even watching those airplanes go overhead. You know, listen to the radio show. You might get inspired and come on in the gate. Yeah. It's really a lot of fun. There's yeah. stuff here, by the way, for everybody, for right. the fa- whole family. Right. Uh, there's <laughs> kids and everything. But, you know, if they don't know about the Sun and Fun fly-in, they really don't know about ACE, the Aerospace Center for Excellence. And what people need to understand out there is that over the evolution over the last, say, six years, eight years, where it's always been Sun and Fun, Sun and Fun, Sun and Fun, but we wanted to bring the educational component of Sun and Fun to the top. And so in 2019, the board of ACE and the board of Sun and Fun, and John Leanhouse, president and CEO of Sun and Fun, conspired, and we convinced the old-timers who wanted to hang on and do it the same old way that it's always been done, mm-hmm. 
that it would be better to put ACE at the top of the organizational chart and have Sun and Fun be what it is, a one-week fundraiser to support the educational programs. And so, you know, people need to understand it's really it's ACE, ACE, ACE. Sun and Fun supports ACE. You know, you got LAC under that umbrella. you got CFAA under that umbrella. All of these are the educational components. The people that are walking in right now coming for the air show, they're helping. Right. They're helping with education. They're helping with scholarships. That ticket price alone is helping out. All those funds go to help all those different programs, scholarships, and everything else that ACE does. Yeah, you're exactly me. right. About, you're exactly and, right. And that's, I mean, that's why we're here. That's why you see all these folks here volunteering. And, and you know, a lot of people think that they have 5,000 people in the organization. Those are, those are thousands of, of volunteers. And a big shout-out to them because the staff are wonderful. They work incredibly hard. But you know what? Those volunteers... They work really hard also. And, and there's they, like, and what, 20, 25, 27 staff and 3,000 volunteers. Isn't that amazing? And, yeah. And, and those volunteers, by the way, they're throughout the year. They're helping throughout the year. I know, Eric, you volunteer here at Sun and Fun. Yeah, you well, do so much those, for them. Interestingly, a lot of those volunteers are the same volunteers that I've seen over the last, what, 12 or 14 years that I've been coming to Sun and Fun. I mean, they, they come back mm-hmm. every year. Um, and uh, I think they, I think they enjoy the, it's work for them too. But I think they enjoy this particular show because it is a. Um, I mean, grassroots I think has a has some kind of negative connotation to it, but I, not here it doesn't. It's a, it's a community, it's a family event, um, and I think it's it's so neat to come back, especially after that year hiatus, and reconnect with all these people that uh, that I've missed for the last two years. But um, yeah, I think the the most important thing I learned from my first flight instructor was that if you if you achieve something in aviation and you don't give back you're doing it wrong that was one of the things he taught me and so i feel like it's very important that those of us that have had the ability to to fly to work on airplanes work around airplanes and and really be able to live our passion if we don't give that back to the next generation um we're it's a real shame <laughs> it's a real shame so it's, uh, it's my life's mission to do that. I know it's Harley's mission to do that, too. I couldn't agree more, and that's, I think, the best way we can get especially younger younger students involved. I've been very fortunate in my aviation career to have some wonderful people um, give their time and, and put uh, mentor me and, and really put a lot of effort into helping me get to where I'm at. It's something that I strive to do with kids who are my age as well, trying to inspire students a little bit younger um, who I know have that passion but maybe just don't know the best way to get started. And a fun story I'll yeah. share real quick is Sun and Fun was the first air show I ever attended. All the way back in 2012, first year I came, absolutely loved it. Fell in love with Sun Fun, such a great environment. Couldn't agree more that it's a family. And even today, just coming back, seeing everyone and connecting again, it's great to be back. Yeah. You know, maybe, become... maybe Eric could take a few minutes and uh, explain the relationship and the partnering between Polk State and Sun and Fun Ace and the, and the Lakeland Aero Club. Yeah, so... Again, I've said this about 7 million times this week. None of us could have done any of this stuff by ourselves. It's, it would have been impossible. Sun and Fun couldn't have done all of this. Uh, Polk State College is, is just a college program. The high school is just any other high school. But, and, and an airport is an airport. But because we all got together and said, you know, how do we move the needle? That's the reason all of this stuff is here. Um, you know, Gene Conrad in Lakeland is a get-to-yes kind of guy. Like, how do we do all this crazy stuff? How do you fly, you know, unmanned aircraft, you know, within a Class D surface area? Well, you can't. Well, you can here because Gene found a way to get to yes. So, like, all of the stuff that we do here is all about this huge partnership. And so 
At Polk State, we offer four of our academic courses as dual enrollment inside Central Florida Aerospace Academy. So like first, second, third, fourth period, you're in high school. Fifth and sixth period, you're in college, but you're in the exact same building. Coupled with the James Ray Scholarship, students can leave CFA and come to Polk State College with almost a year of their college behind Mm -hmm. them. Um, And if they've done it right, for free. That's the main thing. Um, Because everybody knows in aviation, cost is one of the major barriers to entry. So we all got together and said, how do we fix that? The James Ray Flight Scholarship is a huge component of that. After that James Ray Flight Scholarship is over, then the college scholarship picks up from there with an additional $5,000 annual award, which makes it possible for them to continue. Well, Eric, I tell you, a great testament to the partnership there with uh, Polk State is the fact that they do so much for us, and it's, it's symbiotic. And we have people that we can reach out to and, and touch and speak to chairman of the board sitting here but you know what you can go and you can email him go to flysnf.org his his face is right there and they respond i mean they're pilots just like us and remember they were inspired to get into aviation by these type of things by these air shows you know just as a lot of people don't know about sun and fun fewer know about ace probably even fewer know about the central florida aerospace academy which is a public high school and we have stories people have moved from other areas of the country solely to bring their child to the Central Florida Aerospace Academy. And then Eric mentioned the James Ray scholarships. Fewer people probably know about those. So, you know, one of you guys may want to talk about that. Oh, my gosh, that's for sure. We're going to have to go to a commercial bake, but but make sure you check out all those things at flysnf.org. We can sit here and talk for hours. Thanks so much for visiting us here on the deck at Sun and Fun. We really appreciate everything you've done here at Sun and Fun. Behind the scenes, without you... This probably all all wouldn't happen, you and all those other volunteers out there. Thanks so much, Art. Thank you. Welcome back to the deck and chats from the deck here at Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening on 1510 AM or streaming it live on liveatc.net slash SNF. Joining me today is Trevor Seminole. Trevor, good to see you back this year. I'm so excited to have you here. Great to be back. We're talking uh, flying. We're talking about the dream of flying. And what better way to talk about dream of flying, and that's... uh, Talking about airplanes, and one of those airplanes, I think that brings a lot of people back to grassroots aviation and flying off dirt strips, grass strips, Alaska snow, and uh, something that's like I like to call it, you know the utility aircraft of the skies, and that's the Mall Aircraft. Joining us today is actually Brent Mall, who's the president of Mall Aircraft. Welcome, Brent. Thank you. It's great to see you again, man. Yeah, I, it's I, great to be here. I, I tell you, I I have a bunch of friends and, and this is not a paid advertisement that own own mall aircraft and absolutely truly love it because it, it brings them back to those grassroots aviation and gets them to places they never be able to go otherwise that's right I'm, I'm glad to hear that the mall aircraft now a lot of people might not know exactly what it is they've seen it uh and they're like well what what is it that's so special about the mall uh i know you guys have been around for what 60 years so there's mm-hmm. a there's a recipe for success there Yes, we, we're actually celebrating our 60th year of type certification this year. Uh, in fact, yesterday was the anniversary of that, and uh, next year will be our 60th year of aircraft production. We've actually been in the aviation business uh, since 1941. My grandfather uh, designed the steerable mall tailwheel, and he also had a non-destructive fabric tester, and that's what we actually started with as well as the first uh, self-starter for light aircraft. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Well, that's you learn something new every time someone comes up here, and I'm that's a big right. fan of them all. Uh, it's one of those aircraft I'd always love to buy. And as a matter of fact, I'm between aircraft. We may we may have to talk after this. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any show specials going on here? Uh, it's always a special. <laughs> you know, you can find the aircraft though here, right uh, on campus. Where is that? We're at booth AC one. It's the solid yellow M nine two sixty. And if they want to find us, they're streaming live. They can find that at Mall Aircraft or Mall Inc. M A U L Air Inc. dot com. That's mm-hmm. where they can find it. There, the mall has two, I think, specific brands. Correct me if I'm wrong. That are ones that are just people are so passionate to fly. So maybe we could go over those two different brands. Okay, so we've got. Um, well, we've actually models. got. Yeah, we we've actually on our type certificate we've got fifty different models. Uh, we currently build a dozen of those, but the the tail dragger two thirty five and the two sixties are definitely right. uh, the most popular. Uh, and both in the Oleo Strike version, which is real popular with the Bush pilots, and then the M9, which is our new 2,800-pound uh, gross weight model. It's a, you have a tail dragger. You also have a nose wheel version now, We do. Right? And we do. How long has that been around, by the way? Since 91. Not, okay. I thought it wasn't that long. But uh, one of the things, and I, I, okay, I have to ask you, that iconic picture I always see of the mall aircraft, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It, and they went and they, they took off. Inside the hangar, and actually were airborne by the end of the hangar, mm-hmm. and were and flew out. Oh, I need to hangar. see this photo. It, oh yeah, it's right. Yeah. On, it's on your website, right? Uh, yeah, and and you can just Google, Google it. it. <laughs> Beatty Mall flying out of the hangar, and uh, something unique about that flight. Oh uh, yeah, so he's done it on several occasions. There's the one iconic photo, and then the last time he ever did it, he got a little too high and had to dive down a little bit and get out of the door. My grandmother put the foot down and said, no more flying nope. out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good stunt, but no more doing that. Right. <laughs> this is generational now. What, third generation, is that right? We've got fourth generation wow. working at the factory. I'll be darned. Four generations. That's incredible. Yes. That's a testament to the design. It's something that gets off the ground rather quickly, very mm-hmm. quickly. But going back to the two different models, mm-hmm. uh, which one is actually the, the one that's a little bit more popular? And Maybe talk a little bit about what type of instrumentation they get in them. Okay, well... Um, the M9 right now is uh, probably our most popular model, but we've, we're doing a couple of retro models now. We're going back uh, to our early M7 models. We're actually sending two of those to Alaska this spring, and uh, we're sending three aircraft total to Alaska. Uh, bush flying is so popular now, and our M7-235 has a little bit longer wing than most of our models, it's the longest wing we build, and it's got a super huge flap, 126-inch long flap. Wow. And uh, the one we sent in 2018 to Alaska, he took it to Valdez and won in Valdez with it. Uh, 85-foot takeoff and a 98-foot landing. I could do that in my driveway. I know, right? <laughs> Who needs a grass strip? Yeah. Who need, well, you could go sideways on the runway out here. Right. You, know, you don't need to go <laughs> down, the, <laughs> down the runway. How about price point? Let's talk a little bit about that between the two okay. different models. Okay, so the mall aircraft models start at uh, 300000 That's for a 180-horsepower four-seat model. And uh, then the top-of-the-line model, the M9-260, starts at uh, 356. So uh, about a uh, $56,000 spread there. Um, the 235s are you know, nestled in between. Uh, they come with the, our full observation package, which everybody loves. Gives you great vertical and side viewing. 
through the bottom of the doors. Comes with a JPI 930, 85 gallons of fuel, so you got a lot of range. Yeah. And uh, a lot of different other uh, additional options. Carrying capacity. I know a lot of people go out hunting with these. Mm-hmm. You can bring your family and go oh, on yeah. a picnic. Yeah, we got up to five seats. Uh, the uh, M7s and M9s have between 950 and uh, 1,100 pounds of useful load. One of the things I think is important to me as an owner is the support that I get, mm-hmm. uh, both from the community. There's a mall community and also from the factory. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the factory and the manufacturer. Okay. What kind of support do you all have? Well, we've, we've got, uh, we're sending parts out daily uh, around the world. Uh, we support you know, the majority of our models, and we can support even the oldest models, uh, but uh, those, are, those would be on order. Uh, but we keep most parts in stock. Uh, we send, like I say, parts all over the world, and uh, we've got tech support. And uh, a lot of times you'll be talking to somebody with the last name Mall. When you call, so I think it's out. I think that's awesome. I really do. The family business that's been around and it's a a brand that's known throughout the world. Uh, That's for sure. It's really impressive, and you know, I've never had an opportunity to see one up close. I'll have to stop by the booth later today. But Mm -hmm. one of my earliest memories of Mall, because I've heard of the company, was actually Microsoft Flight Simulator many years ago. That was actually one of the ways that I got started when I, you know, was ten years old and was super excited into aviation. Couldn't start flying yet, but Santa Claus at the time brought me Microsoft Flight Simulator, and so I flew the Mall in the simulator. I think it's super cool, great airplane. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The plane that we have out at the booth is basically that same airplane. Oh, no kidding. Simulator. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. People are flying this primarily VFR, but how about uh, IFR for those folks that need to, need to get out like on a day like today? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's full IFR-capable aircraft. The plane we've got out here has a 750 and a 650 with a G500 TXI in it. So uh, almost whatever you can dream of we can have put in. We're going to get some shout-outs here shortly, and uh, Trevor's going to start doing some of those. But uh, we need to uh, make sure we know where we can find Mall. Mall is an iconic brand, uh, been around since 1941. Check out their website, mallairinc.com, M-A-U-L-E, airinc.com. And also you can find them right here at uh, Sun and Fun at their booth at AC1. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate you coming here today. Is there anything else you want to quickly tell us about uh, the Mall that they should know? Well, it, it's a family business, but it's also a family ownership. Uh, our customers are like family members, uh, and when you buy them all, you become part of the family. Yeah, a good brand, great customer service, have a lot of friends that own malls, and, and once you go mall, you won't go back. It's just one of those aircraft. That, it's such a great utility knife, as I call it. It can get you in, it can get you out, and it's a whole bunch of fun. And I think that's the most important part about it. it really is. appreciate your coming, Brent. I, I, we're going to come by and uh, visit you at the booth. I, I know a couple of people that want to buy one, and so do I. So All right. thanks again for coming out to Sun and Fun. You've been a longtime uh, uh, contributor and also a, a longtime guest here at Sun and Fun Radio. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Joining us on the deck is Robert De Laurentiis from PoleToPoleFlight.com. Been following online, a really exciting adventure. Someone who is truly out there helping people move forward in their careers and also their life, inspiring humanity, Uh, really a citizen of the world. Welcome back to the deck. Carl, thanks for having me back. It's great to be able to share our mission of oneness, one planet, one people, one plane. 
And, you know, you say that and you truly live it, that's for sure. And uh, there's a bunch of things that, that you actually are promoting, so we've got a lot to get to. So pole2poleflight.com, if you're listening online right now, liveatc.net slash SNF, or if you're on 15, 10 a.m., don't forget you can download the app. So let's talk a little bit about some of those initiatives. But, but w- before we do that, you're, this pole-to-pole flight is truly a pole-to-pole flight. Quickly tell us about the, what you actually did in an aircraft. Well, we took an aircraft that was designed to fly for six hours, and we modified it in 50 different ways. The longest flight was from Ushuaia, Argentina, at the southern tip of South America, all the way to the South Pole and back, so 18.1 hours. Um, and on the trip, we filmed a 12-part docuseries visiting 22 different countries on six continents. And, you know, Carl, we really wanted to be the living example of what we wanted to see in the world. We'd grown tired of waiting for people to fulfill their promises, so we gathered together our resources, the very best team of experts that were dreamers and passionate and inspired uh, with a lot of technical knowledge and experience, and we all came together and gave it our absolute best shot. Now, I'm trying to envision that whole flight, but they can actually see that on pole2poleflight.com. Kind of walk us through quickly where you went from there, from the South Pole to the North. Well, let me say that I started in San Diego, California, went to Texas down through Central South America, from the tip of South America to the South Pole and back up. So it was a nonstop flight. And then over to Rio, um, up to uh, Brazil, had a detour to the Falkland Islands, and then over to Africa, all the way down through South Africa, then up uh, Ethiopia, stop in Mauritius as well. And then over into Asia, Europe, where I got quarantined, and over the uh, North Pole from Sweden. That was The quarantine was for a while? That's right. I was stuck in Spain for about a month and a half. Yeah, I was Not a terrible place to be stuck. <laughs> you well? know, it was, it was funny when it hit. I was actually living with monks in uh, Montserrat, which is a monastery. And I got kicked out of there, went to two different hotels, and then ended up in a place that was called a Zen Villa. And really, it was the mm. absolute perfect place to sort of gather my thoughts after that very stressful South Pole leg and, uh, you know, focus on what was ahead, which was the North Pole. Wow. And then you made it all the way up to the North Pole. Right. And there's actually three different North Poles, the Magnetic, the True, and the North Pole of Inaccessibility. And that is where I had one of my biggest challenges because I lost autopilot. I lost my two flight management systems or GPS communications and um, the ADHARs, the attitude heading and reference. So I did not know which way Alaska was at that point. And if it was not for the Apple iPad, I would not have made it back. Well, that's a testament right there to the iPad. Another part of this whole process and, and something you're promoting quite a bit is STEM. And, uh, and not only are you a supporter of the, the STEM programs, but you actually were involved in an experiment, or more than one experiment, I should say. Right. We had several experiments on the citizen of the world. There was a NASA-funded wafer-scale spacecraft that took over 700,000 pictures, recorded my position every three seconds, Uh, recorded altitude, speed, location, and temperature, and had the ability, although we didn't have it activated, to send that back to the United States. Secondly, we carried on the wingtips and the nose a plastic particle experiment that tested for microfibers in the atmosphere because they found them on the ground, in the water, all over the planet, but nobody's tested the atmosphere. And our third one was a biofuels experiment where uh, Gulfstream was very generous to give us about 200 gallons of biofuels. 
and I burned those over the uh, South Pole. And then I needed them actually to get back to Ushuaia because I was running low on fuel. So we ended up getting some additional biofuels up in Malmo, Sweden for the North Pole leg. A lot of challenges there. You know what would be really cool is if we could actually do the, the flight like Trevor, like in a simulator right. or something like that, wouldn't that? I, I absolutely. You know, you, you think about a pull-to-pull flight or an around-the-world flight, you just think, what a great adventure. You know, really taking general aviation to the next level. I think it's an amazing thing to do. And I, I'm curious about the airplane. What specific type of airplane was it? Well, before I get to that, let me say you can come over to the Citizen of the World because we have a Redbird flight simulator program Perfect. with the South Pole leg, and I'm sitting in the right seat sort of guiding you through some of the challenges. But the aircraft itself is remarkable. It's a 1983 uh, Gulfstream Turbine Commander 900 with over 50 modifications. Very cool. Is this uh, similar to what uh, Bob Hoover was flying? You know, this is sort of the... Um, the evolution of that plane because as different companies have bought the rights to manufacture it each one sort of infused it with their knowledge so rockwell was one of the owners you know the builder of the b2 bomber and then gulfstream had it um and extended the wings by 10 feet increased the pressurization put predator b drone engines on there and it's a beast now during this flight is there any way maybe we could see it uh in person maybe in video Well, you know, we brought along a very talented team of uh, cinematographers, and we intended to have a documentary, probably, you know, an hour and a half, and it morphed into a 12-part docu-series. And parts of that can be seen in my presentation later today at the AOPA tent at 2 o'clock. The Smithsonian did a 30-minute segment called STEM in 30, where we used some of the video. And, you know, I can talk all day long, but until you can actually see it on video, that's where it really comes alive. So I would encourage you to go to the website and then look out for it. Um, You know, we're trying Netflix, Discovery, and the Smithsonian right now. We'll see who takes it. So, Trevor, are you going to go check that out in the Redbird? Absolutely. No, I would love to. I mean... You think about all the myriad challenges that are associated with a trip like this, and I'm sure there are so many things that you would not even think of that are problems, that are challenges, beyond just simply fuel, performance, but stamina, staying awake, being present for an 18-hour flight, uh, things like that. And so I'm curious, you flew over the South Pole, and then was it a 180-degree turn back to Ushuaia? Obviously, there isn't an airport there to go land, uh, but was it pretty much just overfly, turn back, and then fly back uh, up north? Let me say that fear can keep you awake over 18 <laughs> hours. It's a very strong motivator. They actually do have a uh, point to land at the South Pole, but you have to have skis in order to do it. And what I did is when I got to the South Pole, I was uh, talking to them over uh, comms, and I did two circles, one for humanity and one for the planet. And then I headed back, and at that point I had burned more than half my fuel. So, you know, it's a point of faith that you continue past that halfway point, and I knew that I had... Uh, wind behind me pushing me, and I knew the plane was a little bit faster. So, um, you know, I kept going. So where can we uh, come find you, find this simulator here at Sun and Fun? You can find me at MD-6A, and if you go to the AOPA tent and walk straight out towards the flight line, we're on the left-hand side. We have uh, some different books that uh, the De Laurentiis Foundation has produced over the last several years. You can find the little plane that can at the uh, Pilot Mall, at Aircraft Spruce, and the Sun and Fun store as well. You know, I know Russ Rosleski. He loves to read, um, and he's part of this uh, show here. I'm sure he's going to want to read a book that you have. Do you have anything written right now that he could find? Absolutely. We have uh, Zen Pilot, Flight of Passion, and the Journey Within from 2015 for the first 
equatorial circumnavigation. The Little Plane That Could is designed for kids ages 2 to 6. And then my very first book was called Flying Through Life, which is how I manifested the resources of time and money to be able to do these circumnavigations. And then the fourth book is in editing. It's called Peace Pilot to the Ends of the Earth and Beyond. And that should be out in about six months because this very much was a peace flight as well because it connected the North and South Poles and everybody in between on this mission of peace. Now, I tell you, I'd be really nervous going down to the South Pole. My, my wife used to live down there, and uh, she was stationed there with the military, and they were nervous, but they were flying in C-130, C-17, C-5s. Uh, you did it in this aircraft, which uh, hats off to you. I mean, th- how do you overcome that, that possible fear that you might have uh, that something might happen? You know, Carl, it was interesting because one week before I departed for the South Pole, a Chilean C-130 went down with 36 souls on board. Uh, they didn't find anybody, and I was thinking about what are my chances when I have two engines, not four, one pilot, not two, and I'm flying 18.1 hours and not two like they did. So, yeah, it's a terrifying thing, but, you know, sometimes you put your fears behind you in hopes of doing more for the, the planet and the people. All this work, this effort, overcoming this fear, was it worth it? It was very much worth it, and I don't want to mislead you and think it was a mission of one. It was a mission of many. We've had uh, 95 sponsors and supporters. We have a board of very inspired people and what I call angels, which are people that are helping out in their own ways. Robert Delanis, just we really uh, appreciate what you've done. Also on the foundation, uh, tell us a little bit more about that foundation because I think there's people that want to help. The DeLaurentis Foundation is at DeLaurentisFoundation.org. And what we wanted to do was produce some products that people could, you know, hold in their hand that they can read. Uh, We have compression socks. We have courage coins that were carried on the trip. Uh, We wanted just to be able to be around for 100 years and inspire people long, you know, after I'm gone to uh, pursue their passion of flight. And you've, you've gotten people's attention to become a citizen of the world by doing something very unique, and that's flying from one pole to the next. And you can sure got my attention, and uh, there's some great things out there that you can read, and it'll inspire you. And I really appreciate everything you've done for society through this, whether it's STEM or just inspiring the next aviators, of course, but inspiring all of us to become a citizen of the world. So thanks so much for that. Well, thank you for your interest in our mission, and thank you for getting the word out. Please stop on by, and we'll get you on the simulator. And um, thanks for doing what you do. You know, when you said stop on by, again, that's going to be at the AOPA tent. It's kind of hard to miss at Show Center. And also, as far as online, they can find you at? www.poletopoleflight.com. And the Citizen of the World, of course, is out by the flight flight line just straight out from AOPA. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate what you do, and I appreciate what you're going to do in the future. Uh, You're still going to keep going and keep inspiring people. It doesn't end here, does it? Well, the docuseries really hits a whole different crowd of people. It's just the masses, and we're hoping to reach out there and pull people into aviation in that way, the book as well. And uh, these museum exhibits will, I think, have impact, but we'll see where the future takes us. We appreciate you, and don't forget to go check them out on their website, Poltopole.com. Poltopole.com. Poltopoleflight.com. Poltopoleflight.com. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, joining us on the deck is uh, somebody from an organization that I think uh, a lot of folks don't know about, but also does something incredibly important, and that's the Guardian Ad Litem Program. We're here with Kathy Amon uh, from the Guardian Ad Litem Program. Welcome to the deck. Thank you. Great to be here. 
You know, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Um, I I don't actually know. I know what it is, but you hear, I don't know what the Guardian Ad Litem program is. It's a, it's a very important organization. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, we're a state-run organization, volunteer-based. We recruit and, cha- and train volunteers to advocate for children who have been removed from their home due to abuse and neglect. And we advocate in the dependency system in court for their best interests and their needs. Is this program, is it something that's uh, sponsored, paid for by the state or individuals? Yes, we have, our office is located in Bartow here. We're Circuit 10. We cover Polk, Highland, and Hardy counties. And we have a staff of child advocate managers, which is a paid position. They have between 30 and 40 volunteers. And we make sure that we work together as a team, along with an attorney on our staff, and make sure that all of their needs are met. But your goal is to help represent the children. Correct. And, and without you, they'd be out on their own. I mean, this uh, I feel... And I'm a big proponent, as you can tell, of the organization. How can I find out more about it, how I can help out maybe as a, as a person? You can go to the website mm-hmm. is becomeaguardian.com or our statewide website is guardianadlitem.org. And we're all throughout the state of Florida. We're throughout the country. In the northern parts of the country, it's called CASA. And we're a sister organization. And this is important because uh, throughout this program, you truly are helping those people that don't have a voice have a voice, in my mind. And to get involved is something that anybody can do. You just have to go through a background check. It, It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are. And you can actually advocate for those children. Now, it sounds like I would need a lot of help to understand how to become a guardian. So how do you do that? How do you go through that process, and how long does it take? Right now, we're doing online training um, along with webinars to, to help you. Um, you're not going to be a pro when you're done with the training, but mm-hmm. our staff, it's our job to support you and to help you along. We gather information. We contact the parents, the schools, the caregivers, daycare workers, and we're asking questions. Um, how is their behavior? Do they need therapy? Do they need tutoring in school? Most of our children are at least a year behind in school because of the trauma that they've been living with. Um, a lot of our children come in with medical neglect, uh, hasn't been to the dentist, um, has never had an eye exam. So we make those recommendations in court and follow through and make sure that their needs are being met. So you have to physically get out there and help and, and do these interviews, et cetera. Uh, some people might be a little bit nervous about it, so there would be a little of hand-holding. I'm assuming they have somebody that assists them through this process. Yes, and right now we're also doing video interviews uh, on FaceTime, WhatsApp, um, Zoom, Uh, instead of doing so many in-person interviews. um, And we are doing in-person as well. The state just opened that up again um, since it's getting a little better uh, with COVID. So we'd like to get eyes on the child. Um, But socially distancing, you know, asking questions, making sure everyone is healthy. 
Um, we also go to the schools and we find out their grades and and how they're doing in school as well. So do a lot of digging. <laughs> to do that digging, though, you, you must need a lot of volunteers. Yes. Yes, we do. So how about how are things going? Uh, is it have you seen an increase, a decrease during this this past year, say? Well, thankfully, uh, through this COVID, we do have still a lot of interest. Uh, we've been using a lot of social media, and um, I've been getting out there a little bit here and there now, uh, going to farmers markets and just trying to get the word out and using our volunteers as well to to share with their friends. Um, you just have to have a heart for children. Um, there's absolutely no expense to the volunteer. Uh, the state pays for the background checks and and we support you all the way. You know, Trevor, I, I think you just have to have a heart for children. Uh, I think that's all of us. I, uh, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Now, is there an age limit as far as who can get involved? Well, you have to be 19 uh, to start, but you'll be with a mentor. You have to be 21 to be able to take a case. So you mentioned CASA before. Uh, I think some people might not know what that is. Uh, could you explain what CASA is? CASA is our sister organization, um, typically in the northern states, and uh, we work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you utilize the same resources, advertising, um, that type of information together. Yeah, I think some people get get might get confused with some other yeah. the other organizations that are out there. So that's important that we bring that up. And they can find you online, and also they can find you here. You're here, right, at the show yes. at uh, booth C ninety four. And you can find out more about that program, speak with you. Uh, you know, it's been wonderful, actually, just speaking with you because of the fact that it seems so friendly. You must be great working with, with the children. Uh, and if you're somebody that, that loves children and loves to work with children, this is just perfect for you. What happens, though, uh, and I was always curious about this, what happens when you get a, a child that then there could be a process going on that takes many years and then they're no longer considered a child at that point? Then what happens if they become an adult? Yes. When children age out of the system, once they're 18 and they've not been adopted or placed with a family member, uh, they go into independent living program and they'll have a life coach. But we're finding those life coaches are are very overburdened um, with a number of children, young adults that they're trying to help. So we are forming a teen support team um, in our organization it's just in the initial process to, to help these kids, get them a network, um, help them write resumes, t- teach them how to cook, how to clean, how to um, budget their money, do spending plans, uh, just engaging with them and letting them know that they're not alone. Because the minute they turn 18, the day, um, they, if they're in a foster home, they have to go into another living arrangement. So... Speaking with Kathy Amon, is that my saying that right? Yes. From the Guardian Ed Light Program, an incredibly important organization, an incredibly important program. Find out more at C94. Uh, can you tell us a, a, maybe a quick uh, success story through this program? Yes. Uh, my most memorable case was a homeless couple that had a young child. She was placed in foster care. Um, it was drug issues. Um, Mom did her case plan. Um, it took them a while to get stability, but they showed up to every court hearing, every visit. 
Um, once they got stability, mom would ride her bicycle eight miles to catch a bus to come to court and to have visits with their children. It was absolutely incredible. Dad was a hard worker. Um, at first, he was very angry. Um, and I talked to one of our attorneys, and they didn't you know, look pretty. They didn't smell pretty. And they were pretty upset when they came to court the first time, and it was when I was first starting. And he said, you know, I'd be pretty upset if someone was taking my child away too. Um, so we worked together. They finally established residency and got off the street. We helped them get furniture for their place, um, and they are a success story now. They are together as a family, and it was we still keep in touch. What an amazing success story. If you want to be a part of that success story, please reach out. Become a, a volunteer. You can find out more at the Guardian Ad Litem program at C94. Kathy Emmon, thanks so much for coming here today. You're doing a wonderful job. I really appreciate all that you folks do at the Guardian Ad Litem program. Thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate this opportunity. So here we are back to Mr. Carl Valeri, Mr. Trevor Seminow, and my favorite person in the whip air world, the lovely and talented Amy Gesh, live from Sun and Fun 2021. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate that. If you're listening, listening on liveatc.net, don't forget to go check out their website there. It's whipair.com. Whipair.com. Trevor, why don't you introduce our, our guest here, and uh, they are making certain dreams come alive, aren't they? Absolutely, indeed. We are joined on the deck this uh, morning by Amy Gesh of Whip Air. I have to say, I've seen you guys at Sun and Fun before at Oshkosh. You do some really cool things. And Amy is the product and piston aircraft sales manager. So I'm curious, what is your job exactly? And tell us a little bit about Whip Air. Yeah, so in sum, I always like to tell people that my job is getting paid to talk about airplanes. Uh, unfortunately, they look at me uh, and you can see the wheels turning about how they take my job <laughs> when you say that. But uh, So I cover uh, a number of STCs. Whipper holds over 100 supplemental type certificates for floats, uh, engine upgrades, gross weight increases, and other modifications. Uh, so I am the sales representative for those aircraft ranging in size from 5,000 pounds and down. So for our product line, that's basically Super Cubs, Huskies, all the way up to the Cessna 206. And I have a counterpart that covers you know similar items for the de Havilland Beaver and larger aircraft. And then my territory is North America, so United States, Canada, and uh, then there's a couple places in the Caribbean that I get to get to cover as well. So you do quite a bit of international work too as a company, not just local uh, to the North, to North America. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We have a we have a full-time international sales director who uh, speaks more languages than I do. So he's fluent in Spanish, Portuguese, and probably a couple others that I don't know. And Whipper does a lot more than just floats. We were talking a little bit earlier. What are some of the other things that um, the company does? Yeah, so we do a number of modifications, like we kind of mentioned, including engine conversions. We've got our Boss 182 on display here, which has our Lycoming IO580 engine on it. Uh, we do the whip line floats, uh, and according, you know, in, in accordance with that, there's other performance modifications, like the gross weight increases that are engineered for both land planes and float planes. And then we also do uh, aircraft sales, so aircraft sales and acquisition, like I recently helped with the current market, there's very little inventory out there. So I had a client that said, hey... 
I want an Amphib Husky. And we looked at what his qualifications were for what the airplane needed to be for his use. Uh, There were 17 eligible airplanes in the United States and Canada, and we found the perfect one for him. He recently closed on it. He just put 10 hours of time on it. So we do that, but we also do brokerage. Uh, We will occasionally sell inventory at aircraft as well. Plus, we do maintenance. We do interiors, paint, and avionics as well. So quite a bit of uh, services that Whipair offers. Now, you mentioned Amphib. I'm not a float plane expert. I think I know the difference, but what is the difference between a float plane and an amphibian? Yep, so the amphibian is going to have a retractable landing gear, whether that be through floats or like the lake amphibians are a flying hull where they're a boat, they basically land on their bellies. Uh, But they have retractable landing gear to allow them to be used interchangeably between land and water. And that's a great upgrade depending upon where you are. If you're doing cross-country work, trying to find fuel on the water can be challenging. They weigh a little bit more, but the increase in just versatility is huge. You know, I know so many people, and I think, Carl, you probably do as well, who the the seaplane rating has been on their bucket list for the longest time. I mean, I'm sure you can relate. It's certainly a goal of mine someday. What what advice do you have for someone who maybe has an airplane, has been thinking about doing the seaplane rating, wants to do a float plane conversion? What what does that look like? How they come to you? What are the next steps? Yeah, so on our website, you'll see a listing of aircraft that we do have floats available for. That's a great first step. Uh, once you get into there, there can be other detailed questions that make some airplanes better fits for floats than others. Like when we get into Cessna aircraft, there's differences between how the airplane was equipped from the factory, if it has a factory float kit or not. But just a great first start is even if the airplane that you have isn't the one that you're going to put on floats, go out there, you know, get your seaplane rating. We keep a listing of seaplane flight schools on our website. And then the Seaplane Pilots Association is an excellent resource as well. And here at Sun and Fun, they're located over in Hangar C. Very cool. And so you guys are obviously here at Sun and Fun. Where can people come find you uh, later today? Yeah, we are at booth MD32. It's over near the air show announcer stand. If you know where the walkthrough gate to the Warbirds area is, you'll find us right there. Our blue and white Boss 182 is on display there, as well as a large red and white Fire Boss, which is very difficult to miss <laughs> because it, yeah, it's that a big, cool. big airplane. That it's is a very cool, cool airplane. Indeed. And Whipair also just sold their 500th set of Whipline 2100 floats. Tell us a little bit about that. We're very excited about that. It's been an incredibly popular float. It's available for the Aviat Husky, which is what this particular set was delivered on. It's on display over in the Aviat booth, which is just kitty corner from ours. So brand new airplane with a G500 TXI panel. It's way fancier than, than you would ever ever dream of in a, in a Husky float plane. But that float's also been used on Super Cubs, the American Champion Scout, the Glassstar GS1, and some early versions of the Cessna 172 as well. So it's the most popular float that we've ever built. You know, Trevor, you know, not we were talking about a lot of folks uh, don't have their float rating and they don't have their seaplane rating. Uh, so, And they're looking at purchasing an aircraft on floats. Something that's really important as an aircraft owner is service. And uh, we may not know people in our area that have these floats. Uh, what type of service would you be able to provide to me that's somewhere that maybe I don't have anybody else in the area, and, or in general, there's very few people that have float planes? Yeah, well, we're based in South St. Paul, Minnesota, so if you're in the area, we do have a nationwide reach for people coming to us for specialty repairs and upgrades, and we are definitely got a very experienced service department that can you know, give you some advice on where to go, what to do. But also, if we're not in your area, and you know, say you're in Maine or in Florida or out in Seattle, we have a number of, you know, not necessarily partners, but shops that we've worked with in the past that we could refer you to and help get you on the right track. And it's important that 
the people at the manufacturer talk to my mechanic who you can speak the same language. Yep, you know, absolutely. Because the who's a majiggy attached to the what's a majig, right. and that's how it works. Yeah, you know, I just, I just pull back and go up that type of thing. Uh, how about airplane? I think you talked about this a little bit. We were talking offline. What's your favorite airplane that, or most unique airplane? I should say that's been put on floats. You think? There's there's a couple of unique ones, but uh, one that would be a great option to take a look at and learn more about is our Fire Boss. Uh, again, it's on display here at Sun and Fun. It starts life as an air tractor AT802 on wheels, and that airplane is used as an agricultural airplane, you know, uh, aerial application, uh, all that jazz. But that airplane can also be used as a single-engine air tanker on wheels. And what we've just done is we've leveled it up. So we put Whipline 10,000 floats on it. There are scoops in the bottom of the floats. And what you do is you land the airplane, you bring it up on step, you bring the power up, and you skim that airplane along the surface of a lake or a river or any other suitable body of water. And you're going to pick up a little bit about 800 gallons of water in approximately 15 seconds so that you can continue delivering water for firefighting operations. That's amazing. I mean, that, that, there's got to be some challenges in flying those things, especially bringing on that much weight in such a short amount of time. Yeah, they do require uh, specialized training. We, the airplane that's on display is actually a two-seat version. The majority of fire bosses are single-seat aircraft. This oh, wow. is one that uh, a sister company of ours owns. We lease it out to all the different operators uh, if they need a dual-seat aircraft to qualify new pilots. You do need to be qualified with a different agencies, whether that be Bureau of Land Management, Department of the Interior, in order to fly on those fires. So it's a, definitely a different side of seaplane flying. And the airplane itself, we upgrade to 1,600 horsepower. So, like, those are a lot of ponies pulling that it airplane sure around. <laughs> There's over 130 of the fire bosses in operation around the world. Wow. What do you think the difference is between Whipline and maybe the other competitors out there? What do your customers say? We have over 180 employees that are dedicated to coming to work every day to make sure that we are building the best floats possible. We're continually investing in new equipment. We've got a large engineering department. One thing that we talked about when we delivered our 500 set of floats is some of the changes that we've done even on our 2100 line, which is the smallest float that Whip Air makes. Little things like customer feedback where, you know, For an airplane, a lot of times you do need to add additional vertical area to a seaplane. And this is typically done with like a ventral fin or sometimes finlets on the horizontal stabilizer. Now, the Husky, we started out with a ventral fin. You know, it it meets the needs of the stability test. But one of our customers said, you know what, Uh, it's a little difficult sometimes to taxi in a crosswind. And he was in an area where he got a lot of crosswinds. So we redesigned the finlets for him to improve the crosswind handling of the aircraft. So we're continually looking on ways to improve our product. Sometimes that's a whole brand new product. And sometimes it's just those incremental improvements to keep a product ready to roll for the, for the foreseeable future. Great customer service and always innovating. I think that's terrific. And always friendly. If you want to check out uh, their booth here, Amy Gesh, I I really appreciate your coming here today. And uh, I will say one thing from a customer service standpoint I've heard uh, is the fact that they actually answer the phone. Yeah, well, we we do that, and and we're fun people, so come by and get a fun meter. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We were saying earlier that is... Probably the best marketing I think you could ever have is the fun meter. I think we're all familiar with that. Well, with that smile, her fun meter is always pegged, I, I am sure. Thanks again, Amy. And they can find you online, though, if they're listening on liveatc.net slash SNF. Yep, at www.whipair.com. That's W-I-P as in Papa, A-I-R-E.com. Whipair.com. Friendly people, really cool aircraft. If you're thinking about getting these floats, just go on by and, and say hi. And check out that aircraft. Really unique out there. 
Carl Valeri. He's our <laughs> next you. guest. And, He's and, here. And we're going to talk about today, uh, and Trevor's going to help me a little bit here, is should I become a commercial pilot in 2021? Uh, one thing we really need to understand is that Sun and Fun, all the funds that happen, uh, that come from this air show here, go to helping promote the for our aviators and the future of generation. Uh, and future generation of aviators. And in those future generation of aviators, it's not just recreational pilots, it's commercial pilots. And, of course, being involved with Aviation Careers podcast and doing a lot of the career coaching and partnering with Sun and Fun and Ace here in Polk State College, uh, I get this question often, and it's, should I become a commercial pilot in 2021? And my answer is, yes. So let's talk a little bit about the industry. This is something I do seven days a week is, is watching the industry and, and the ups and downs and, and what's happening right now. And, and what a year it's been, too, it, to, been to keep tough, track of the industry. It, oh, my gosh. It's been a tough year. We went from you know a lot of flights and pilots sitting around doing nothing to actually having a shortage of pilots that we have to understand. Uh, currently, what's happened is a lot of the airlines – have actually let people go on leaves of absence, early retirements, that type of thing. And, you know, they're, they're kind of caught a little bit in the fact that there's a lot of jobs that are not available because people are back. They're flying. As a matter of fact, that's the name of our Sun and Fun Expo here. We're back. And what's happened is now they have to recall all those people. So I think a lot of people don't understand what's going on and why there's an actual shortage right now. It's not that they don't have the pilots right now. They just don't have any pilots that are trained to fly right now. And, and the reason being is they've been on leave for so long. You have pilots that don't, aren't current. You know, we have to be current with our landings. Uh, they haven't done the recurrent training, right. which they have to do every year. They haven't done their recurrent training that they have to do every three months. So there's a process there. You can't just turn the switch on and off. And many of the airlines have asked for their people to retire. So there, again, is a shortage. So what they're trying to do is get those people back up to the speed that are current employees. Then there's the other side. There's those people that they hired and said, you know what? You know, we can't take you on right now. So what we're going to do is going to wait. We're going to wait until... We actually need you. Well, you know what? They need them now. And so now they got to actually go through the whole process again of hiring somebody. Because remember, this isn't, it isn't like some other jobs. You, you have to actually train. You actually have to go through a, a process of getting ratings and then train on the specific aircraft. That could take months. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of young people over the last year have been really discouraged about aviation about becoming a pilot because two years ago flashback to 2019 2018 the opportunities were endless i mean you would go to an event like sun and fun go to oshkosh even small fly-ins all the air airlines would be there all the regional airlines the main lines recruiting handing out swag i mean piedmont airlines shout out to them have the best swag they do and that all stopped it just completely stopped for yes. a solid year and as you were saying it's very nice to see that upslope starting to begin again and the pilot shortage is coming back, and in fact, it's even more significant than it was before. And one of the things we have to look at is not just that, not just the shortage of pilots, because I think people need to go into careers that they enjoy. And if you look at it from the standpoint of ACE and the Aerospace Center for Excellence, they're starting with people at a very young age, and they're not looking at this from the perspective of the ups and downs and the cycles in the industry. They're looking at it long-term, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Every industry has ups and downs. Are we going to have another recession? Are we going to have another downturn in furloughs? We sure are. Maybe another 10 years? 
I'm going to guarantee you the next 20 we'll have some. Right. But that's a long term. And what's great about becoming a pilot, a commercial pilot in 2021, and what they're doing here with ACE and also with Sun and Fun and donating all that money to scholarships is that they're starting them off. So when we do have a hiring trend again, which is happening, they'll be ready for that. They'll be ready to be hired and back into that system. So my, you don't have to put 2021 on that whole question. Should I become a commercial pilot should be the real question, not just in 2021. And it's beautiful what you just said is, you know, people have begun to get bailing and they're, they're stopping their training. What's that? What has that done to the industry? That has actually helped people become flight instructors, which is normally the first job that they get uh, because people have decided that's it. I'm going to bail on this. And uh, my background, I actually was the representative for the furlough pilots for United Express Airlines. And I help people all throughout the United system. And we saw this happen every single time. Half the people said, that's it. I'm quitting. I'm not going to do this again. And then five, ten years later, they say, man, I should have stayed with it. And they get back into it. So they put off their career for a good ten years. And uh, I have... Yes, David. I was just going to ask you with regard to your career, the way that it's you know, gone its uh, way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, what part of that did you plan and what part of it so, was planned for you? So, so as far as planning, as pilots, right, we always have contingency plans. And we always are ready for a downturn. And we are ready for our engine to fail. And, and that's the worst case scenario. So that's the part we plan for is the emergency. We just don't know when it's going to happen. And the part that you're saying that was planned for me was the engine failure. And that was the industry. So 9-11, I lost my job. I go and I, I get furlough. We have, you know, we had SARS. Then we had a downturn. Then we had the flu. And then we had swine flu, excuse me. And then we had this one now, the COVID. So you have to plan for a downturn. You can't actually plan for the date it's going to happen. And that's what's incredibly important, is to be able to have that, that longevity in the industry. So, you know, persistence, perseverance is incredibly important, no matter what you do. I mean, look at doctors. They, they come out and they, they actually, they don't just start and become a doctor in a week, right? They have to go through training. They have to go to college. They have to go to graduate school. Uh, they, they get their PhD. That's, that's not a process that happens overnight. But when that person says, I want to be a doctor, they're not looking at what the industry is doing now and today. They're looking at, a, at the future. Now, do we need to look at the future if there's going to be jobs around for that you know, yeah, we do. I, you know, I have friends that are, you know, they're actually farriers and they, they make, you know, ho- you know <laughs> shoes for horses and stuff like that. And people said, you know, it's a crazy industry to get into. But you know what? Horse riding is popular again. And, and they're actually busy making money. So the point is, if you're passionate about something, if you're passionate about being a pilot, you want to get into aerospace, remember that's Aerospace Center for Excellence, do it. Make sure you, you plan to succeed. And, and yeah, the, life is going to have bumps in the road, but these are just bumps. You can plan for those downturns. You just can't plan for when the downturn is going to happen. Absolutely. Perseverance, you said, you said it earlier, perseverance and proficiency, I think, are two mm-hmm. words that play such a vital role in a pilot's career, starting from day one as a Absolutely. student pilot all the way to type certificated on the A320, right? And so... You mentioned scholarships a little bit earlier. One of the financial barriers that I think a lot of people encounter, myself included, I think everyone at some point, um, unless you have you know millions of dollars to right. spend on aviation, <laughs> you start to look at the flight training costs, the cost of building hours, building time, and you go, whoa, that's a little bit more expensive. That is like med school or law school. Um, <laughs> sure. h- how do people combat that? Well, it's funny because that's a question I got 
often on my podcast, and people ask me, you know, where can they find scholarships? And I look for them, and then realize, you know, there's not a place that has specific scholarships for aerospace. So I started a guide, aerospacescholarships.com. And what I did is I started with just a few. I started with just a couple thousand scholarships in scholarships. And it's grown. I have over $120 million in scholarships available in that guide. And the reason that number is not higher, we stopped counting about a year ago. <laughs> when I come to Sun and Fun, I try to find at least a million dollars in scholarships as I'm walking around. I'm usually fairly successful. Two years ago, I only got 800000 But we keep growing this guide. And they can find that aerospacescholarships.com. By the way, there's so many people that want to give away scholarships guides for free, I highly recommend going to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free, and you can get yourself a scholarship for free by just using that coupon code. And that scholarship guy that we have online, it's actually only $10, and we update it every single month. And that is the key, is we can put it out there and have people be able to look at current scholarships. But this, the way this is possible is through organizations like the Aerospace Center for Excellence for ACE and Fly SNF. Dot org, Trevor. AviationCareerPodcast.com slash free. Go check it out. Fantastic guide and resource for anyone looking to pursue a career in aviation. And Carl, such a great point. 2021, yes, become a commercial pilot. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of that is the part, it's called Women Shine, Women in Aviation, WAI.org. If you're listening right now on LiveATC.net slash SNF, or if you're listening on 1510 AM. I like this segment because this is an organization that truly inspires everybody to get in aviation, but especially women. Welcome to the deck, Michelle. I appreciate you coming today. I, uh, I've read quite a few of your articles, and we'll get that to, into that in a second. But women in aviation has really changed your life, hasn't it? It has, Carl. And thanks so much for inviting me here today. Um, I've enjoyed being part of the organization so much. It's opened up so many avenues for me to meet so many other interesting men and women, because as we know, women in aviation is open to everyone who would like to be involved. Um, And one of the things I enjoy most about it is meeting people from all ages and people who are in all different careers in life, not just focused on aviation, but it's um, they're involved in aviation because they want to be something else. Yes. Yeah, and your and your path was was not in aviation at all. It's not. So um, I've always been interested in it, but my career path took a different you know direction. Um, and so then a few years ago, I decided I really wanted to get back to it because it just was so energizing to me. So I started um, volunteering at events with women in aviation and get to got to know some of the the women wonderful women who lead the organization. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on here because we, I think we focus too much on just in the careers and not the person that is out there as a hobbyist and also inspiring other right. people, which is what you're doing. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's talk a little bit about that. We can find and I've seen you online great articles. Where can someone find you at womeninaviation.org? Oh, dot .org. So, um we are contributors, so my sister and I write articles, Mary Wolf and I. Um, so we write articles on for the magazine, and also when we're at the conferences, we help write the articles that are in the dailies. So if you still have access to the links for the recent virtual Women in Aviation conference, um, you can go download some of those dailies, and that's a great way to catch up on some of the presentations that perhaps you didn't have a chance 
to go to because there's so many great events at that conference. You can't attend all of them. Never, never can attend them all. Great conferences. They have scholarships, et cetera. You know, a key to women in aviation is it's it's grassroots efforts. And the way that they do that is through local chapters. And I'm involved in the local chapter here in Lakeland. Uh, There's chapters all over, and they're forming chapters all the time. As a matter of fact, maybe you could introduce our our next guest, who has actually really (laughs) done a great job of creating one. I was just chatting with Brianna before this meeting, and it's amazing because she just recently started the Jacksonville chapter, which is so exciting. So would you tell us the story? Yeah, uh, thank you guys for having me today. First of all, it's great to be back here at Lakeland, my uh, hometown. I graduated from Polk State, so it's really exciting to be here. Um, Life took me to Jacksonville. I was looking around. The only chapter they had there was a collegiate chapter through um, FSCJ, which is their local college. Um, And I wanted to get out in the community. I had just graduated with my bachelor's degree. I was waiting to start my master's at Embry-Riddle. And there was... There, I knew that there was a community there, and I just didn't know how to find it. So I contacted Molly uh, with the help, actually, of some of the members of the Lakeland chapter here, and they showed me, and they kind of guided me on what to do. Um, Molly helped send out emails to pretty much everybody in the area that might be interested, and we got a member base of about 50 members within two months, I think. Um, so we have a fairly active chapter out there. Uh, We've already been doing community events and we're just really trying to get out there and meet everybody. That's amazing. 50 people already. Yeah, it's awesome. How can they find you? Say they're listening on liveatc.net slash SNF. So we have um, we have a Facebook at WAI-Jacksonville chapter. We have a website, which is www.waijax.com. And we also have um, an Instagram. It's WAIJax underscore FL. Um, and that has all of our up-to-date information on it. It also highlights our events that we're doing. Um, it highlights members of our chapter. It's awesome. They have some really cool events locally, but there, there's more than that. There's the camaraderie. And there's inspiring younger aviators or aviators that are new to the industry. Yes. um, So we've actually begun working with Embry-Riddle. There are three Jacksonville campuses, but they also dual enroll at eight high schools out there. So we're working on getting some of our members into the local high schools to kind of um, mentor these high school kids that are getting ready to kind of go out on their own and showing them that, that there's options for them within the aviation industry. You know, I know in our chapter here locally, there's people from all walks of life. Uh, what's an example of some of the folks that are members of your chapter? So with our chapter, we have people like myself. I'm a college student. I'm working for the um, Naval Base Flying Club out there. Um, we have pilots for Delta. We have pilots that are in the military out there. Uh, we have AMPs. We have people who are administration for companies like FedEx for their com- uh, for their aviation department. We have uh, students. We have people who are just hobbyists. We have men. We have women. Um, there's everybody is uh, all, all sorts of people have become involved with this because they love aviation. How about you? I know you're doing a little bit of flying before. Uh, have you pursued it even further? Yes. Yeah, so um, that's the. Jacksonville base, the Navy base there has the flying club, which is, uh, I started as a volunteer working for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm a paid employee for them. And I also do my flight training there. So I fly out of the Jacksonville Navy base. 
cool. Yeah, it's that a, must be it's different. A, a club, a navy base, you know, and it's it's people that work there. It's not just can civilians join. So these you can be a DOD employee, retired, uh, retired military, active duty, reservist, or you could be a member of the Civil Air Patrol. Gotcha. Let's talk about women in aviation chapter though in Jacksonville and what yeah. they're doing for the community. They have this other thing. It's called Girls in Aviation Day. Are you going to be able to do something for that? We are working with Embry Riddle Campus this year to um, do to hopefully host our Girls in Aviation Day there. I'm really excited about it. We're hoping to have like food trucks, aviation themed games, some guest speakers. Um, just getting, we're going to go to all the local schools, uh, get everywhere that we think a little girl that might be interested in aviation is. We're going to be there with flyers, trying to get them to come out and join us for that day, which is going to be uh, September 25th this year. And there's also, they had it virtually this year, but uh, just remember this, is that they also include everybody in Women in Aviation, because there's, there's male members like myself mm-hmm. that are involved, and anybody that wants to promote aviation also promote women in aviation. It's a big tent. Yes. Right? Yes, we have even uh, some of our pilots that we have are PA and P3 pilots for the squadrons on base, and they're men, but they have become the best advocates because they understand the importance of women in the industry, and they are there to fully promote that, and it's amazing to have that additional support. How about uh, on a national level? I know you you, uh, are on more of a national level as a volunteer. Uh, You've seen these chapters pop up. Uh, what are some of the challenges if someone's listening right now to starting a chapter? And then I'll let you speak to that also. Okay. Well, one of the key things to remember is you, you're never going to know in your community who is going to be interested unless you start talking to everyone. So take every opportunity you can at any of the local events to start talking and then reach out to Molly at the national organization because she can hook you up with people that she knows everywhere. And it's amazing once you start talking People just start coming out of the woodwork at you that you had no idea were there before and who were interested. Because sometimes it's not something that you know about another person. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, look, you're, you want to talk about the same things I do. And I've seen them popping up. So what do you think are some of the challenges? And, and where would you go for advice if you wanted to start or someone listening wants to start a chapter? So our international chapter, the website, um, WAI.org, has so many resources for starting your own chapter. Speaking to Molly, that's been amazing. She's been such an invaluable resource for me. Um, Some of the challenges that I faced is really I began the chapter during COVID times. So there are still some restrictions for people who through work alone can't get out, um, can't come join us. But we're trying to overcome that by offering like Zoom meetings, by, you know, still getting people involved. And um, we're working on doing like silent auctions that are done virtually, Um, just getting people still involved until we can kind of get through these times. Um, And there's a little bit of a hesitation from the community to really want to um, come in. But, you know, once we once we could get through the COVID times, I think it's going to be even better than it already is right now. You know, I think you guys are doing a great job. I really appreciate everything you've done with Women in Aviation. One of my favorite segments, again, is Women Shine. Is there anything quickly you want to say before we cut off here as far as Women in Aviation and where they can find you? 
Okay, so WAI.org. Remember, always go out there. If you're not a member, there's still content that you can see. Um, and remember, you don't have to be directly involved in aviation to Amen. enjoy the benefits. Just it, come out and take a look at it, and it's a great community. And you're a good testament to that. That's right. You're not involved directly with aviation, but That's you right. are inspiring people, especially through your writing. And WAI.org, and you can also find local chapters like yours at uh, www.waijax.com. Terrific. I I really appreciate everything you guys do. You really are inspiring our future generation of aviators. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. We're going to go to some shout-outs. Coming up on the deck right now is one of those exhibitors from Storlock. Hey, welcome to the show. We talked earlier, and uh, uh, you you actually are the person that that, uh, stores my toys, but but the small ones, and that's the tools. We got Jeff, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, I, I am so excited to have you here because of the fact that you have come this year and, and, uh, and are exhibiting. It's uh, been a little bit thin, but I tell you what, it seems that uh, people are here and they're buying. Yeah, there is. There's a, we've got a good flow of traffic going through there. Yeah, and so tell me first, before we talk about your product, uh, tell me what it's been like as far as Sun and Fun. Uh, Sun and Fun, well, I'm from Illinois. That's where the company's from, and... Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty hot down here for me. Uh, I think it's 30, 30 degrees at home right now, so uh, this is quite a change. You know, it's funny people say that, and uh, to me, I was actually about to put a sweater on this morning, so <laughs> I, I live right here in Lakeland. Uh, storelock.com, S-T-O-R-L-O-C.com, yep. and uh, these are toolboxes. These things are come in all different sizes, and they, they are awesome. For those that have hangers like myself, that have an airplane, it's, it's really important. You put together your tools. They're usually in little boxes, but uh, you've come up with a really cool system from small to large where I can put my tools. I talked about toys, but for most of us that like tools, they are toys, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we sell a lot of them down here to the, to the pilots, to the mechanics. Uh, we do a lot of uh, farm shows also. We uh, uh, like the big Louisville um, Farm show, trade show, uh, we do that, a, a big business there. And we're just trying to get our name and face out to a few different avenues. You know, we uh, some of the tractor pulls we're getting into, and, and it's, it's just good for all of the mechanics. Sir, both the professional mechanic and the hobbyist, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so it's... As someone who's uh, into cars, into airplanes, uh, this is a great option. One of the things that's a challenge for me as an aviator is every so often I change my hangar, and uh, I can bring these with it. Me, Absolutely. Yeah, they're all portable, uh, got very good wheels under them. Uh, Yeah, they move around well. So what can they see when they come down to your booth, and uh, where is your booth, too? My booth is in uh, Hangar D, number uh, 44, or I'm sorry, 9495. D, 9495. We've got a nice setup of different ones there from big to small, and uh, we ship all over the United States. And when you say big to small, are are these like, do you have portables, uh, toolboxes also? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're all on wheels. Everything's portable. Uh, we've got one there that's uh, 22 inches wide, and we've got one there that's nine, a uh, little over nine foot wide. Okay. And we go up to 14 foot if you would want to order one. Yeah. And how about on a, on a, a price level? We have a range. Oh, the this little one, the 22 inch wide, that's about $700 shipped to you. The one that's in there, the nine and a half foot wide, is probably about $7,500 shipped to you. 
So do you have people in aviation right now using these? Uh, oh, absolutely, here in Florida? yeah. Yep, all over, yeah. So uh, also with the, any something that's like this, it's a very nice uh, way to store our tools. We need some customer service sometimes. Uh, how can they reach out to you? Uh, you can go on our website, uh, www.storelock.com, or uh, we do have a Facebook page. Sometimes that doesn't get updated quite as much as it should. But uh, Or you can call us at... Uh, 1-800-STORE-LOCK, which is 1-800-786-7562. What makes you guys different than some of the other manufacturers? I think mainly uh, is the price. Mm-hmm. We, the quality is there. Uh, you know, it's not the big names. I won't mention them, but, you know, it's not the big name. But yet we do build some for those people. You know, there's a lot more uh, women getting into aviation and, and mechanics especially. And uh, I have a friend that has a, a pink toolbox. Can can she get a pink toolbox at your? Absolutely. I had a, <laughs> a lady stop in there today, and she was kind of hesitant. And she says, can you paint it purple? I says, absolutely. We've done it. <laughs> and she was she says i love you now she says i'm gonna i'll be getting one that's awesome so there are actually unique designs you can put on them say you're a business you can have your logo on the side yep uh, you're a shop that's here on the field and and also customer service is quite quite important what's unique also about the physical part of of your store the physical line? part uh all of our drawers are rated at 400 pounds okay so, and i climb up in them all day long showing the the strength of them uh, I don't quite weigh 400, but... No, I hope not. No, you don't look no, like anywhere weight for it. But, I mean, uh, we do it all the time. I had a guy walk up and said, I weigh 411 pounds. Can I get in that drawer? I said, absolutely. He said, what if it breaks? I said, well, two things. We're going to figure out why it broke, and two, it's not going to. And it didn't. And he stood up in it. We got pictures of him in it. And, yeah, we when we stand behind him for 55 years, uh, there anything goes wrong with them we will take care of it 55 years i figured some way he was going to ask me why that number we come up with that the boss when he started doing this he said you know what the young man getting out of school will work out of that box for about 55 years and that'll be his retirement age so theoretically it's lifetime wow i you know that's a great number i guess kind of scary actually at my age but uh you know i I get that and it is true by the way you do uh bring your toolbox wherever you go sure and and you customize it it gets a little worn in the tooth sometimes uh but but one of the things that's important is is knowing where your tools are yeah in, in your box i mean what can you do to help us out as far as storage and and actually managing my tools in the box yeah we've got uh dividers that are in there uh we've got uh plastic uh bins for bolt nuts and bolts that all comes standard we don't charge any more for that kind of stuff uh any of the rubber liners in the bottom that's all standard we don't we don't upcharge you on nothing cool by the way uh, anybody into aviation at store lock uh, a little bit yeah yeah because uh, one of the things I think is really important is for our friends that are in aviation to work with friends that are in aviation. This is manufactured here in the U.S. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Illinois. In Illinois? Yep, and 100% American-made with 100% American products. How, are, how have things been uh, due to this uh, you thing know, that we didn't have going on the past year? It was some of the shows, you know, like uh, the Louisville Farm Show, we didn't have that. That was a pretty good kick in the pants. Uh, but... Everything else has really picked up, and it's, it's it's still going okay for us. Interesting you said farm shows and also aviation events. Yeah. 
How do those tie in? I mean, well, everybody needs to put their tools away, right? And all we do is just uh, maybe make it a different color. We do a lot of whites for the aviation and the John Deere greens for the farm. How about for in my house? Not not just here at my hangar. Mm -hmm. How about at my house? I'm I'm kind of a hobbyist. I build things, Mm -hmm. Uh, not necessarily you know working on on aircraft engines and stuff like that. How could you help me out? I'm actually specking one out right now for a guy in Minnesota that he wants a, a sink in the middle. <clears throat> he wants a sink in the middle, and on the left side, he wants a uh, refrigerator, and on the right side, he wants a dishwasher. And I'm, I'm building that for him right now. Should I, uh, should I ask? Where, what's he going to do with that? He wants to, to put it in his hangar, roll it up to his uh, water lines, and then have his party. When he's done with his party, unhook it, take his forklift, put it back up in the the rafters, and and be done with it till the next party. Wow, a party toolbox. Yep, yep. that is too cool. Yep. I mean, so that, we we can do anything. That's unique. Uh, shipping? Where can they ship? Anywhere in the United States. And we we've, uh, we've had some guys ask about uh, Columbia. We'll ship if they can figure out how to get it over the line. You betcha. Turnaround time from the time I order here at the show, possibly about a month. About a month? Yep. And then also, if there's any show specials you might want to talk about. Uh, show specials, yep. We're doing uh, free shipping. Um, and we got some pretty good prices right now. Good. You know, I, t- I came over to your booth, and, and you seem pretty happy there uh, yeah. hanging out. And the one cool thing is, like we were talking about, people are coming through here. And you can find these. And, and the reason he's so happy is he gets to store my toys <laughs> and i actually was looking at this saying to myself i gotta run away before i buy one but uh there goes another uh, c-17 flying by that's impressive that is impressive the uh and then of course doing a pull-up and climbing very quickly storelock.com s-t-o-r lock.com you can find them in uh and where are you located again here on the We're field in kankakee illinois kankakee illinois and then uh, in hangar uh, uh, D9495. Can we come by if we're in Illinois? Absolutely, visit? yep. My oh. wife's in there right now, and I'm headed back there. Oh, awesome. And uh, we'll be here for the rest of the show. And, uh, of course, the show's going to have the, the big air show today and uh, be over tomorrow. But you'll still be there. Make sure you check them out in the hangar. If not, storelock, S-T-O-R, lock, L-O-C, dot com. They're great. Great, great product. I mean, yes. it really is. Thank you. Uh, fit and finish, by the way, forgot to talk about that, is awesome. Uh, I really highly recommend you check it out on the website, uh, but do go there and, and check it out in person. Uh, and they're very friendly people, that's for sure. Thank you. And if uh, anybody buys one from around here, we'll, uh, and if it's going north, I'll, do- I'll drop it off on the way home. <laughs> no, drop it off on the way home. You betcha. Yep. <laughs> so he's got his truck with him. Well, I appreciate that. You're listening to liveatc.net slash SNS. <laughs> Well, folks, welcome back to the deck here at uh, liveatc.net slash SNF. My name is Carl Valeri, and I'll be your host for the next, uh, well, until the show starts here, and that'll be approximately 1 o'clock. If you're listening on 1510 AM, don't forget, you can also stream us live, liveatc.net slash SNF. Joining me on the deck here is a company that I, I really have been using for God knows how many years, decades, really, and that's AvLab. AvLab is really a great organization when it comes to analysis of many different things. I know you primarily 
is actually for oil for my airplane. Uh, yes, but it's, it's much more than that, and we'll, we're going to get into that. And then on the deck is Fran Orlandino, and uh, welcome aboard. Welcome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Very nice to be here. Thank you for having us. And uh, what, I tell you, over at AvLab, they've done so much here at Sun and Fun, and we really appreciate everything you've done, sponsorships, and also the fact that you, you came here this year. Yes, sir. And, and we really do appreciate that. AvLab, tell us a little bit first what AvLab is. I talked about uh, you know aviation oil and analysis, but there's so much more. Yeah, yeah, the core of our business is analysis of the aircraft fluids, uh, specifically the engine oil. Uh, but we actually do the filter analysis. We pull apart the filters and clean them out and analyze all the metal that's in them. Uh, we do uh, hydraulic analysis. We do fuel analysis for any suspected um, issues with the fuel or contamination of the hydraulics. So folks that need to have a, a sample sent into us, we can take care of that. Uh, we have two locations that do the analysis. Our location out of New Orleans takes care of the oil and the filter analysis. And our main office out of Houston, our corporate office, takes care of the fuel and the hydraulic analysis there on site. I w- I'm going to assume there's a lot of folks that know things about chemicals in both of those cities. <laughs> there's a big oil industry out there in both yes, of those sir. cities. You talked about uh, hydraulics. Um, as far as the analysis for hydraulics, what industries are we looking at primarily? Well, we're just trying to take a, uh, take a look and see if there's any suspected contamination. Folks will have an issue on the, the coloring of the fluid. It doesn't look right or the properties of it, what doesn't feel right with the, the use of it. They'll send us a sample, two samples. One's a clean sample. One's actually from the actual container. And we're going to compare those side by side and kind of get a feel for what is actually ex- exactly in there and give them analysis of if, if it's good, if it's contaminated, or if it's actually in the, within the properties of the spec of the use of the fluid. Interesting. There, another product you have, I'm making sure we, we get this one in, is the windscreen cleaners. Yes, sir. Clearview is, is Aviation Laboratories brand. We've had that for about 30 years. We've actually been in business for about 35, 40 years now. Uh, Clearview is a windshield cleaner. We have two types. Uh, one of them is a plastic protectant polish. That's the blue can. Uh-huh. And that's if you're utilizing your cleaning your windshield often. You want to spray this on and wipe it in, and it has a little bit of a wax to help fill in those fine scratches. And continuous use over time will actually fill those in. Uh, the other one is the green can of Clearview, and that's a stronger cleaner. If you have bug issues on the windshield or the leading edge or the undercarriage of the, hmm. uh, of the engine exhaust, you want to spray the green foam. It's a foam cleaner, stronger. You let that stay about 8 to 10 seconds on the surface, let it soften up the material you're trying to remove, and then wipe it clean from that point. And if it happens to be the windscreen, you want to use the green can, wait 10 seconds or so, wipe it clean, and then follow up with the blue can of Clearview and continue to use the blue can of Clearview. We wanted to uh, enter that market because we felt it was very important for aviation to have uh, another product out there that was just as good, if not better. So I, I like the blue can. I didn't realize about that you had the other. Green. How long has that been around? Uh, the green can came shortly later, shortly after the blue can. Okay. Yeah, the blue can's the older one. Because that's a challenge, especially on leading edges. Uh, you know, gosh, getting those darn uh, here. We have those love bugs. Yes, sir. Oh gosh. Yes, sir. Taking, getting those off my airplane is just yeah. such a, a pain. And the green one can actually be used in household products too. Your countertops, your glass, your windows, your car. It's a household type of a product. Also, it's an all-surface foaming cleaner. What kind of price point we're looking at on those? Uh, you're normally around twelve dollars per can on our webpage, but here at the show, it's two for ten at our booth right now. Two for ten for show pricing. All right, guys, hang on. I'm going to go get one. No, no, no. We can't do that right now. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> but I will, I will be stopping by. You'll be here throughout the show, correct? Yes, sir. In yes, sir. And, and booth number nine. Yeah. And if you 
don't see them there because you're not here. It's avlab.com, avlab.com. Usually in the past, quite a bit for oil. One of the things I appreciate is uh, the turnaround times, obviously, filter, oil analysis, and uh, the fact that what was interesting is, and I didn't realize this, is that you have some history there of my filter and my oil even before I bought the aircraft. Yes, sir. If the aircraft was in our database prior to your use or your ownership, and we have that in our database, once you send in your sample as the new owner, all that previous ha- sample history will actually be now attached to you for you to look at on our webpage under your personal code to look at your history going back years and years and years if, in fact, they were an AvLab customer. Avlab has a, a group of folks there that have a lot of experience in the industry, oil industry especially, uh, chemical engineers, et cetera. And so why did they start this, the history of Avlab? I mean, it, it, how did it come about getting into aviation? Well, the, the owner, part, with his part of enthusiasm for aviation itself, uh, him and our current vice president general manager, Wayne Odegaard, they have a chemical or chemist background. So they just felt the need that they can actually utilize their skills analyzed some fluids for folks, and they saw the need in the aviation industry that was very, very important to check that, the metal content of the oil. bunch of, of I call them chemistry geeks out there yes, sir. working on, on, on keeping my aircraft running and keeping the oil analysis coming on a very consistent basis. But, you, you know, you haven't stopped there. I met, Gosh, I can't remember the first time I used you guys, but it seems that there's been a lot of progression as far as both from a customer service level and also increasing the technology. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. I remember I just talked about having that history. How is it that you're able to hold that history in your database and then bring it to me? Yeah, just like you said, we, uh, we actually provide a history of the complete oil analysis or filter analysis uh, for each and every customer under that tail number or a specific engine serial number. Um, we felt the need that we needed to order or, excuse me, offer more products uh, to be like a one-stop shop for our customers. So we actually have specific engine inspection kits, all those O-rings and gaskets and fuel filters. We have them kitted together for specific type engines like PT6 or the Williams engine or 331, 731 or JT15D. If you're an MRO, FBO, and you have a maintenance shop, you have these type of engines, we have your specific engine inspection kit already kitted and ready to go instead of you fumbling around trying to find those items. We have them kitted for you. Most of the folks are general aviation, but uh, also like 135. Yes, sir. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and once again, the, one of the things that I think is really important to me is the, is the tracking. It, it, not just the analysis, but tracking, because you can find so much out about what's happening in your engine by what's happening with your oil. Yes, sir. And, yes, and sir. your fluids in general. Yeah. Another part of that is, and you're seeing people buying these Cirrus aircraft. You're seeing people start to fly a little bit more in known icing conditions. Uh, another product that you have is TKS. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about that, and, and I'm not so sure if that's new to you guys. Uh, no, it is not new to us. We have the, uh, the in-flight wing de-icer, TKS fluid, that we sell to a number of the FBOs around the, the country. Um, and we, can actually, uh, we actually offer a, also a fuel additive, too. It's called DICE to help with uh, the water content of the fuel to keep that from uh, being an issue in flight. So we're trying, to, we're trying to expand our horizons, trying to expand our product market out to our customers, let them know, again, we're a one-stop shop. We're here for you to answer any questions, be analytical with your research, give you results, uh, and give you the product that you need at the time that you need it. Interesting. So 
fluid and then dice fuel additive. Yes, sir. And that so now that additive is for just the TA market, but also for the jet market. Yes, sir. It's for what, both. So. I don't think there's a lot of people in the GA field with the piston aircraft that have been using this, it seems. But definitely in the jet world. And, sure. you know, let's go back to the advantage for me as to why I should use that additive. Well, you want to know definitely that your fuel is def- has, has no water in it. It's been cleaned out with this fuel additive, uh, so there's no issues at altitude. Uh, on the TKS fluid, you want to know that if you, have, if you happen to have a wing de-icing system, you can utilize that TKS fluid that we offer that you can get at your local FBO or MRO at that time that you're, you're, you're landed there. Awesome. Just have about a minute left. Uh, so I want to make sure they go to avlab.com. Great supporters of Sun and Fun. Always been here exhibiting. Don't forget there's two locations, New Orleans and Houston, yes, just like you mentioned. Uh, the Clearview windscreen cleaners. I'm going to have to come over and check out the green cam, which I don't have, yes, sir. and see how that does with those love bugs after I land. Uh, oil analysis, filters, fuel hydraulics. Uh, been using them for years, by the way, and absolutely love what they do from a customer service standpoint. Uh, also, on a, a history standpoint, like I said, I found a history on an aircraft that I bought that was absolutely terrific. Fran Orlandino with AvLab, avlab.com. Go check them out. Hangar A, uh, spot 009. If you're listening to this in the future on liveatc.net slash SNF. And don't forget, you can listen to these interviews all year long. If you want to get your fix of Sun and Fun, go, go check out that. You can find out more at flysnf, flysnf.org, liveatc.net slash SNF. It's close to lunchtime, so what does that mean? It's Lunch with AOPA, one of my favorite segments, one of my favorite organizations, both for advocacy, education, outreach, and just some great people. I mean, true aviators that are out there. These people love to fly, that's for sure. Joining us today is Eric Webb, Kevin Cortez, and Colin Stagnito. Hey, Guys, welcome. This is You guys are so excited because you know what? You're giving something away, aren't you? Aha, we sure are. That's right, Carl. Thanks for handing that over. Uh, so, Colin, you got the joy of flying the, the stunt double for our sweepstakes plane in today. Why don't you tell us a little about that flight in? How's the Tiger? Uh, the Tiger is a terrific airplane, but since everybody's listening on the radio, let's talk about what the Tiger is briefly. Let's get Go it, for that, it. That mental picture. Uh, the Tiger is a, uh, it, well, it's a 1978 Grumman AA5B Tiger that AOPA is giving away, and this is a four-passenger general aviation airplane, and it is known for being fast. It's got 180 horsepower, and it, at max gross, it only weighs 2,400 pounds, so you are flying along. Um, it's sort of like a fighter pilot, and I say that because the coolness factor of this airplane is it actually has a sliding canopy, which you can't say about a lot of general aviation airplanes does not look like a Piper Warrior, does not look like a Cessna 172, and flies a lot faster than either of the two. Excellent. So, yeah, you had the sliding canopy. We found a couple other cool features yesterday that we, while we were kind of messing around in the airplane. One of them is that the back seats come out and lay down for that, that impromptu camping spot. Yeah, I think we caught Eric napping in it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, were, you were asleep when we caught you. No, you can't <laughs> prove that. So, so six feet, the, the rear seats fold down, just like today's SUVs, and you have six feet of storage space behind the front seats. I mean, it's amazing what they thought of, and that was way back in the early 70s. Yeah, being a six-foot-tall guy, I would kind of 
I would kind of fight that six foot number just a little <laughs> bit. I'd say maybe five foot six. I had to curl my knees up a little bit. Got a BT thirteen in the background. There, awesome it's just noise. on cue. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of power, that one's got some power. Get those props going. Yeah, I think that's four hundred fifty horsepower in a BT thirteen. Yeah, there we go. Colin with the numbers. Awesome. <laughs> so Kevin Cortez does a lot of our social media here at AOPA and. He kind of alluded to Eric taking a nap. That's me. Um, I don't do that. I never take naps. I don't get caught with naps. I also don't like socks. We have it on video. Oh, <laughs> so there is, a, there is a little bit of that. So, Kevin, hey, what do we got coming up on social media? Yeah, so if you've watched you know, a few of our videos here in the past about the Tiger, we've uh, introduced it a little bit, You know, talked about why it's not actually here at Sun and Fun. We have a stand-in. Um, and upcoming up, we've got, you know, a few videos on featuring the new features of the Grumman that, you know, what Eric was talking about a little, a little more in depth. And uh, hopefully here in a couple of weeks, we're going to start uh, test flying our uh, actual Grumman out of Illinois with uh, Colin. Yeah, Colin. So it's at JA Air Center in Illinois, correct? Why don't you tell us what they're doing there? Exactly. And thank you for mentioning the stand-in. Okay, I'll take the blame for that. That was my fault. <laughs> but they uh, made me fly commercial yeah. because of it. I didn't get to come GA. They made me fly commercial because I, quote, lied. Eric so. was telling everybody it was going to be here, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, way back in uh, November, excuse us one second. That's Aeroshell. We love those guys. Aeroshell. Got to fly with them on Tuesday morning, first thing. That was a great experience. That's going up on social media, too, right, Kevin? Yeah, we'll go on there. Yeah. Well, way back in November, the airplane was donated to by Daryl and Shelly Lipman, and uh, I wasn't able to fly it back to Illinois until February. Uh, it was cold, 15 degrees. We got it to JA Air Center there at, at uh, Aurora, Illinois Airport, and they promptly started tearing the whole thing apart. We are putting in this unbelievable Garmin glass panel with a G3X touch dual screen. Um, there, there's a 10-inch glass uh, panel and a 7-inch and all sorts of wonderful avionics that are going in. While we were doing that and putting it all back together, we realized we might as well just put in a factory rebuilt engine at this time. So AirPower hooked us up with a Lycoming 0360, 180 horsepower engine, and we're just doing the whole thing together as one package. Uh, do it one time, put it together, and as you said, we'll go up there, test fly it, and start to get it around the country so that members and pilots and future pilots can take a look at it. Yeah. At the risk of further punishment, is it safe to say it's going to be at AirVenture this year? It is. Oh, I'm going to guarantee it's going to be at AirVenture this year. <laughs> on the, it's on the record right on now. On the record, yeah. everybody. Awesome. One way or another, it will be at, at, uh, at AirVenture. Um, it, it will have its original paint, and it's going to have its really, really original threadbare interior. We're, we want everybody to see that before we repaint it and completely redo the interior afterward. Awesome. So you mentioned J.A. Air Center. We've got several other contributors to the sweepstakes, among them CIES, Corp with the fuel sending units. We mentioned Garmin, JA Air Center, Air Power Inc. with the Lycoming. Electro Air is here at Sun and Fun. Electronic ignition system and a keyless starter switch. Also got MT Propeller with their MTV 18 three blade electric constant speed propeller, which alludes to a certain modification we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, we got Aircraft Spruce and Specialty has donated a lot of parts. Assured Partners Aerospace has taken care of the insurance for us. Render 777 has done the interior renderings. And Scheme Designers, the paint scheme, of course. Sherwin-Williams has donated some aerospace coatings. And then Whelan Aerospace Technologies with some exterior LED lighting. So LED is the way to go. Keeps it nice and cool and efficient with the electricity. 
What other kind of uh, modifications have you heard our members talking about that they would like to see? Uh, you know, they are mostly interested. Well, there's been a lot of interest in this MT constant speed propeller. So it's an electrically controlled constant speed propeller that I think a lot of Grumman owners uh, have always wanted to try on the airplane. And they're looking forward to us putting it on and testing it out and seeing just how, better, how much better the airplane performs. And it's supposed to uh, help with fuel efficiency as well. Um, and I'd also like to add to that list, uh, even just here at Sun and Fun, a couple of manufacturers have come up and um, we, we have determined that we are going to put on a power flow exhaust. And uh, we now have a four-place Aerox oxygen system that we're going to use when we get up to the altitudes flying over the mountains to the West Coast. That's great. So we're getting the exhaust. Are we also getting a smoke oil system as well for some air show performance? That is a great idea. I think we should do that, it. I mean, that was why not? not? A, <laughs> that, that was not yet a member suggestion, but a good one. Write that one down. That's a good one. Maybe a cot for the back, Eric? No, it's not long enough for me. <laughs> Maybe for you, man. So what else do we have coming up on social in regard to the sweepstakes? You got anything lined up? Yeah, so we're gonna definitely be posting more about it each each step of the way um, of you know the progress and our, our video series that's already out as you guys have seen. Um, it's just gonna we're trying to document the progress through the giveaway through you know delivering it to the to the member who wins, uh, which alludes yeah if you're already a member you're entered to win at our auto renewal another five entries and uh, you can donate as well right. Yep, you can donate and get another entry. The website for that is aopa.org slash sweeps, and that'll give you all the information there, including links to the official rules. You can find alternate entry forms if you're not a member to get one of those automatic entries. So definitely check out aopa.org slash sweeps for all that information. Yeah, and then uh, on social we'll also be doing some giveaways related to the Tiger. Those will be pretty cool here coming in the future. You may have um, seen our sock giveaway earlier this week. Sorry, they're all gone. You missed all out. All gone. <laughs> You can stop by the fast. tent, yeah. I mean, they still might be at Sling, Vans, or Piper. Go check with them. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, those socks, though, check out pilotgear.aopa.org or aopapilotgear.com. We've got a promo code this week, and it slipped my mind, Kevin. Help SNF2021. Me there we go. SNF2021 will get you free shipping on the AOPA Pilot Gear. Get yourself some socks. There might even be one pair that's still on sale, so grab them while you can. Okay, but wait a second. Let's talk about flying oh, the airplane. No, 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 flying the airplane. That's what everybody wants socks. to hear about. The socks have pictures of airplanes. <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead, Colin. So, so this is an awesome airplane. I talked about the speed. You know, it cruises at 130 knots on 180 horsepower. Hey, that's that's faster than, uh, uh, than or at least the same speed as the Cessna 182 or Piper Arrow often flies. So this is a super efficient little airplane. But, you know, one of the things that we love to do on the media side of AOPA is, is we like to do fly-offs. Um, you know, we love to do tests and comparisons, and, and we are going to test against the 182, probably AOPA's own uh, 182, and we'll see if we can grab an arrow and actually see if we're at least as fast, maybe faster. Um, we're also going to test some of these upgrades. We're going to put on the, the new engine and the new avionics, and then we're going to fly and set a baseline, and then we're going to put on the power flow ex- exhaust. They claim a 15-horsepower increase and a 1-gallon-per-hour fuel burn reduction and we're going to see how that pans out and then we're going to put on the mt electric uh, constant speed prop, prop propeller and see how that turns out so we'll be writing about that and letting everybody know do you have any early predictions on which plane will perform better uh, oh definitely ours the this, tiger this is going to be the best tiger in the country awesome. laying the gauntlet down already Wow. Nice. So, Tiger owners, you've heard what he just said. Uh, that's Colin Stagnito. K-O-L. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, Colin, the Grumman's, you know, a uh, relatively rare aircraft for GA. It is. So, me being more of a high-wing guy, more high-wing time, how would that transition be to fly that? 
to yeah you know it's if if also if you're a, if you fly piper cherokees it's a super easy transition the only difference and this is for, true for cessnas as well the only difference is that it has a free castering nose wheel so you're not braking with the rudders i'm sorry you're not turning with the rudders you're tapping the brakes to turn the airplane right or left that's really the biggest difference and then of course um you know the cessna flyers they don't get to have that cool sliding canopy of course right <laughs> with the soundtrack and everything exactly when you pull it back. but but in terms of ease of flying i, I found when people came by the tent there are a lot of people who are a little intimidated because they've heard this is a very fast airplane it sort of looks like a little mini fighter airplane and it's, it's really an easy airplane to fly get some proper training and and it's a no-brainer you're gonna have a lot of fun with it that's good to know yeah awesome what else you got on that tiger any other uh any other secrets that you want to let out uh, not a ton more that we can talk about right now, but uh, you know, there's there's more coming up. And uh, follow us; we'll be we'll be writing monthly articles in AOPA Pilot Magazine. And as you we'll said, we'll be making videos about it. Yeah, definitely videos on AOPA Live this week. You'll ha- you'll see those. Awesome. Yeah, definitely feel free to stop by the tent. Let us know what you'd like to see on the Sweepstakes Tiger. Also, hit us up on social media. We got uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Easy to find there. Just search for AOPA. Uh, Facebook is AOPA Pilots. Instagram is at AOPA. And uh, Twitter is... Uh, AOPA. Yeah. Easy enough, right? Pretty easy right yeah. there. Hit us up there. Let us know what you'd like to see on that tiger. I think I have one more question, Colin. Um, what about the paint? When is that getting done? Oh, that is a great question. So I, I mentioned that we would uh, we would fly the airplane to AirVenture with the current paint scheme, which actually it was only painted... Uh, four years ago. So it's a pretty nice modern paint scheme, but we are going to do something completely different. Scheme Designers is, has come up with some really great ideas. I don't want to give it away in terms of what it might be, but just... <laughs> is that a 185? That is a, either a 180 or 185. I love when those nice pop tips go supersonic. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. But, you know, it's it's a Grumman Tiger, and we're going to try to do something with that with that heritage, with that name. We'll see what it looks like. Maybe get a little fighter-esque it's in there. It's going to be yeah. distinct. That sounds like a pretty nice hint you gave us there, Colin. <laughs> Tiger? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, guys, got anything else? We're getting pretty close to wrapping up here. We'll get ready to throw it back to Carl here at Sun and Fun Radio. Guys, I really appreciate your coming by, that's for sure. And uh, when am I going to win this aircraft, the Tiger? When are you going to win it? Are you entered? That's the big question. No, my, the problem is that, that I don't know how to enter. No, I'm just kidding. You, guys <laughs> talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've been listening uh, all day, just head on over to AOPA.org. Uh, if you're here, head over to the tent, AOPA tent. It's kind of hard to miss, show center. Uh, yeah. <laughs> big tent out there. Uh, the Tiger, great airplane. Uh, used to fly for the parts distributor here in the U.S., uh, down in Houston, Texas, and uh, absolutely fell in love with that airplane. Did a lot of hours instructing in it. Oh, nice. uh, really appreciate what you guys do as far as uh, allowing us to bring you up here for lunch with the AOPA and everything you do for advocacy. I mean, it is terrific what you all do. And uh, just so people don't forget, you guys, uh, the folks that are here on the deck are more involved in the marketing and the outreach, that type of thing. Yep, and Collins uh, and Publications. And, uh, and, we, and you are? Kevin. Social media. I do all the social media, so follow us. And you do a great job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm marketing. I just started in social media this week, so I'm very new to that. I took over the AOPA account for a couple hours yesterday. It was, it was terrifying. And he did great. Terrifying. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. So it's, <laughs> that's all a lie, but. <laughs> and, and I'm Colin Stagnito, Vice President of Publications and Editor of AOPA Pilot Magazine.
Great magazine. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all. I mean, you, uh, AOPA, every day they come up here on the deck, launch with AOPA, inspiring our aviators and also helping out quite a bit with all the different programs that they have, whether it's a rusty pilot or somebody that's interested in getting their medical back. Maybe they see some encroachment at their airport. They do quite a bit. And you can go to AOPA.org to find out more. Guys, thanks so much for coming in here. We're going to go to some shout-outs now and then uh, and then to a break. Don't forget, the air show is coming up today at 1 o'clock. Uh, and we are here at lunch with AOPA. Please visit them. They're friendly people. And try to win that aircraft today. The Tiger. Grumman Tiger. Love it, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Carl. Carl. Appreciate it. Bye. Coming on the deck is our next guest. And uh, that is actually, we just read his shout-out. And uh, Dave, why don't you take it away? You mean I get to do an interview this you, year? You actually get to do an interview. You know, wow. I, I just saw you up there, and I, I really I get to do I an interview. Bad. Fun. Um, hi, I'm Dave. Um, I'm a chairman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Dave Shelbitter, Sun and Fun Radio chairman. I'm stepping in to conduct a live on-deck interview with Sun and Fun Radio's newest advertiser, and that would be TLNorthAmerica.com. Want to welcome to the deck Trey Murdoch. My pronunciation, I've heard it three, four times. That's correct. Trey Murdoch. How you doing, Trey? Doing fine. Yeah, so is this, your, is this your first year to Sun and Fun? This is our first year as an exhibitor at Sun and Fun. And what do you think of our little soiree? Well, I, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. I think there's a good turnout today. I think, it's uh, a very, very big crowd today. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I think so, uh, we're very happy to see that. So tell me all about... The TL, either the Sting S4, the the Stream, or the Sirius. So yeah, we are. Uh, so we're like we like you said earlier. We're TL North America. We are the uh, import and distributor for TL Sport aircraft. We offer <clears throat> we offer three aircraft. We have a two LSAs and an experimental. The Sting S4 is one of our most popular. Uh, LSAs, it's a side-by-side with a 912 uh, IS, ULS, or a 914. Uh, it was first introduced back in 2005. It has about 115 to 120 aircraft flying in the U.S. It was very successful. Um, but what we're really most excited about is we have a new aircraft we're bringing to market here called the Stream. Uh, kind of, It looks, it's a tandem. It's uh, a very skinny tandem. Uh, with a 360-degree uh, canopy on the top. Wow. Kind of looks like a, uh, a fighter jet. Neat, neat. And that's what I've been saying when I've been reading your ad, is it's like fly, flying a fighter jet. Yes. Tell me about the aircraft. So it, um, it has two engine options. Uh, it, has, it was first produced in 2015. Uh, we just started bringing it into the country here a couple years ago. It, uh, it, the cockpit itself is equipped with a G3X touch. has a 10-inch screen in the front and a 7-inch in the back. Uh, but the cockpit... Fits you like a glove. It's uh, really kind of offers that immersive, uh, intuitive experience. You, you kind of feel like you're wearing the aircraft w- when nice. you're in it. Um, and I think I, if I had mentioned this earlier, it comes with two engine options. Right. Uh, first introduced the 912 ULS, and what we're most excited about is this the new model we call the Turbo, the Stream Turbo, and it has a edge performance modified 912 at 154 horsepower. Wow. And with this new power plant. Uh, we see about 190 to 195 miles per hour at, at altitude and about a 7 to a 7.5 gallon per hour burn. It's important for people to know, though, that uh, this is a, a light sport? That is experimental. Experimental, okay. Because it has a constant 
constant speed prop and retracts. That's how you get that speed. Exactly. And that's why I want to make sure that people knew, because I knew you were into light sport aircraft, and, yes. and people don't associate you with the experimental that faster aircraft, but you are doing that, correct? Yeah. So I, a lot of people don't know about that, yeah. that, uh, that TL has a retract version of the Sting. That, again, is their most popular LSA. <clears throat> They're just It hasn't been very popular here in the country, no, but right. their retract is comes in as experimental. Um, but you're, the, you're still going to be bringing that as, as we still okay. offer the oh, Sting right. S4. Oh, okay. Yes. I didn't realize that. And speaking about the Sting, it actually has a new, uh, newly uh, modified, re-engineered cockpit, an interior. So it's uh, it has a new panel on it. Uh, it's Garmin G3X uh, dual display, or actually triple display now in the cockpit. Uh, and it was it was um, re-engineered last year. So we're we're kind of excited about that one as well. That's uh, and what, what, what kind of capacity does the aircraft have? I mean, we're so, talking 400 pounds, 450, so 7 what? They are 780 pounds. Wow. Empty. And as an LSA, of course, they're capped yeah. at 1320. Yeah. That's a lot of useful load. Yes. Now, that's your, that's your useful load. You're, you're, yeah. you're, when you say the empty weight, that's empty loaded with fuel or empty, empty dry? Empty dry. dry. Okay. So what, the, I was going to ask you quickly on the... As far as the speed's concerned, is that why you went with a tandem seating? Is to pick up a little bit better speed? Does that help you? I, is that why they can made designed yeah. it like that? Yeah, it yeah. helps the, the the body. The fuselage, of course, is much thinner, right. so you're going to get a a greater speed, reduced it, drag. Right. I think that's part of the reason they designed it. But it's also, I think, they were trying to emulate like the Ooh. Pilatus. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the P6, right? Yeah. That or yeah. Is it the, the P6? Tuc- that it, Tucano? No, is that it? no the Tucano? Yeah. yeah. Yes. But it's cool because you feel like you're flying a, a trainer fighter. for... Yeah. Like a jet a, trainer. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so let's it, be honest. Us pilots want to get out there. The pilots want to get out there and fly. They want to have a good time. But there is also a very large Walter Mitty factor. Yes. That <laughs> comes into that. And you can fly something that's like a fighter. Yeah, you are. exactly. For, <laughs> for a reasonable cost. Something that's been a concern in the light sport community uh, for years, and I've heard this, and I know we've dispelled this myth, is, is customer service. I mean, it's that people still say they're so new. No, you guys have been here for a while. So, yeah, it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So TL has been in existence since 1989. Right. We're one of the oldest companies producing, and the third largest in the world, producing this style of LSA, all composite. So that, that's a good point. Uh, customer service is, is top notch. Uh, we keep a good inventory of parts. Uh, for the most for the most uh, for the most part, no pun intended. I can have just about anything here in about three or four days, unless you want me to bring in a wing or, or something that <laughs> requires a little more uh, space. So lead yeah. time on orders right now. So that's the other good thing. Uh, we've traditionally been ahead of our competitors on lead time. Um, for the for the Sting and the Sirius, I'm about five months. And that is delivered. Once, once I have a customer place a deposit and uh, decide on color scheme and avionics, I can have it here in, uh, from, the, from ground up in the country in, in about five months. Yeah, I know we're talking about the Streamstream Turbo, and uh, yeah. they come with an engine that, a motor that actually has been supported right here in Florida, right? Well, that's correct. Well, Edge Performance uh, has a the, – the uh, Edge Performance – Support team here is in Kansas. Kansas, okay. But Edge Performance uh, is out of Norway. Norway, okay. Yes, but but, but is there? How about somebody locally with knowledge? That would be you folks. Yes, gotcha. yes. You would come. Now we service here on the East Coast. We have someone here in Florida. We have uh, support a crew in Kansas as well that services the aircraft. 
To find out more, go to tlsportaircraft.com. And also, you're on the field here. And where are you located? So we are in MD-23B. MD-23B. Where about on the field is that? So uh, to give Diamond a plug here, we're we're just across (laughs) from them and the TBM. But but the cost is a lot lower. Yeah, we I like to say we're the, the, the poor man's TBM. Yeah. <laughs> that now, was going to be my now question. I will, let me put out a little bit of a teaser. Go ahead. So the stream I told you about, these are piston, the turbo. We do have a turbine stream. Really? Just released. Okay. Uh, we have not announced it officially yet in the U.S. We're you have right now. on the edge, yes. I want <laughs> people to know that uh, we do have a turboprop. It's running a TP100, 180 to 220 horsepower. Uh, it, it speeds 220 crews. Wow. Yeah. Is that going to help you out more in, in Europe also, or just in general in the future, when we're looking at av fuels going more towards, say, jet fuels, that type of thing, and alternative yes, I mean, fuels? Right, yeah. The fuel's a little bit cheaper, right? But, um, but she's, she's hungry. I mean, she's going <laughs> to yeah. drink a little bit of fuel. But... For the ultimate experience, you you want the speed. It's going to be like a a, um, a little legend. You You've know. have you also ventured into any of the electric aircraft at all? We have not, not not at this time. Not I, yet, but personally, I just don't. We're waiting for the battery technology to increase. I know we're on the cusp. I think there's some new technology that's about to come out in the next year. I think that might uh, increase energy density by two to three hundred percent. I know you're probably that getting later. that question. Once, quite once a bit. we do that. It, then we'll then we'll consider it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the big questions people have with electric aircraft is battery life, and that's always an issue. Doesn't matter what your cell phone, yeah, your lab. Absolutely. Battery life is an issue. People have been working on battery technology. We've come far, but yeah, I read something just the other day that well, there's there's some technology that's being developed right now that could triple, solid state, yeah, triple solid current state battery. battery, and that's going to be outstanding. Oh so yeah. We got about just over a minute left. Um, if I want to buy a, a stream, yes. What am I gonna? What kind of check am I gonna have to write? Okay, so we are offering a special here, and thank you for asking for the uh, naturally aspirated stream of two hundred and fifty thousand. That's with a deposit, or the turbo for two hundred and seventy thousand. Really, wow. twenty extra for a turbo. That's not. That's that's amazingly affordable. Yes, very. Okay, affordable. one more time. You are here. Yes. At Sun and Fun. We are here at Sun and Fun at MD23B. MD23B. Yes. And now you've got a couple different websites, so I want to make sure I'm giving the right one. Yes, uh, TLSportAircraft.com. Okay, TLSportAircraft.com. There's also another one. TLNorthAmerica.com will get you to the same spot. Okay. Yes. Well, listen, we appreciate you making time to come out, and thank you so much for becoming a Sun and Fun radio sponsor. We sure appreciate that. All right. And uh, we look forward to working with you the, the rest of the rest of the day and tomorrow, yep. and also for next year. But uh, All right. again, Carl, Trey, anything else before we go? Up oh, three seconds to. Well, just appreciate you. your support. Thanks so much sure. here at Sun and Fun. We're going to go do a Thank break. For Don't me. forget and hang around. We'll be right back. Uh, one of the people that I, I really enjoy talking to are the folks over at Travis Tech. Travis Tech is right here on the field at CFAA, that Central Florida Aerospace Academy. A lot of people don't realize that they can train to become an aviation maintenance technician right here. You're listening to liveatc.net slash SNF. If you're listening on 15, 10 a.m., please stream us at liveatc.net. You can actually, liveatc.net slash SNF, you can listen to the air show. And these, these interviews that we have here, they're important. They actually play all year long. 
Joining me on the deck is Cynthia Roosevelt. I talked to Rosie. I talked about uh, Central Florida Aerospace Academy and the fact that uh, they have a program for aviation maintenance technicians, mechanics, as many of us call them, technicians as they call them, overseas and over the pond. Rosie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Sun and Fun's been an old tradition for me and my family, and it's great to be able to be in an interview. Yeah, Rosie, we, uh, we love having you guys out here uh, on the airport, on Lakeland Linder Airport. And I think uh, a lot of folks don't realize all the jobs that are out there as a mechanic. You know, we talk a lot about airplanes. We talk about pilots. But we don't realize there's a whole group of people that keep those airplanes flying, and that's the mechanics. So you're an AMT, and you're an instructor also? Yes, I am. I've been an AMT for more than 23 years, and I've been instructing for nine years, and I've been at Travis Technical College for the last three years. How do you like Travis? I love it. What I really love the most about it is we are a nonprofit organization, so we're not interested in trying to get more money out of our students. We're interested in putting more education into our students. Great value, that's for sure, at Travis Tech. There's a a thing, it's called a 147 program, and that enables people to get their technical degree, or excuse me, licenses, certificates, in a shorter period of time. Is that correct? That is correct. You normally need about 30 months of experience in order to get it through any other program, like experience. But with our program, especially for people who may not have the discipline, we actually give that to them and we have it more structured. And right now we're on an hour-based program, but the uh, FAA is about to change the curriculum to a more content-based oh, program. Great. So there's a lot of exciting changes going on. That's awesome. I, and that, that's terrific. I mean, I think that's important. I think it should go more content-based. Uh, and one of the things that I think people get confused with, especially with Travis Tech, especially me, I live here, is uh, I'm going down Winter Lake Road and I see Travis Tech, I'm going to have to go out there. But no, it's right here on the campus at Central Florida Aerospace Academy. So you don't have to travel too far to, to get your AMT. Another thing that you can do as a student is say it's important to you to get a degree. You can get an associate's degree along with getting your AMT. Now, do some of those, those things that you do as an AMT do they, are they able to carry over towards your degree? Yes, they are. In fact, I just got my bachelor's degree in aviation management, and I've got credit for 90 hours that I didn't have to do in college because of my AMT experience. Wow. That's, actually, that's 90. That's a lot. That's terrific. Uh, and congratulations, by the way, on getting you. the bachelor's. <laughs> and for people that want to move up to management, say, uh, as an AMT, they, this helps them quite a bit as far as getting the bachelor's degree. Jobs as a mechanic, we at small airports, we think of them as the people that, you know, fix our airplanes. There's also jobs at the airlines, and they're both very different. But do you see when people coming out out of your program, do you see them going more towards the airlines to general aviation, or is it a mix? Well, it is true that the airlines are going to hire more, and so are the big MROs, major repair and overhaul stations. They are going to hire more quantity of people. But a lot of my quality mechanics prefer to go into GA. GA is actually a lot tougher than commercial because a lot of the liability is on the mechanic itself. And when you go into GA, you really got to know what you're doing, whereas when you go into commercial, it's a lot more structured, and they have a lot more training, and they pair you up so you shadow with mechanics for a while because once you get to that commercial level, you really have to be on your P's and Q's, and they have... 
um, their policies that you must comply with. So it's... Seem, I think it seems to me that as a GA uh, mechanic, you get a lot of variety. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get next. I have friends that are mechanics on the field, and I'll see a 152 and then a TBM come in the shop. I have experience in probably over 100 different aircraft, and I got most of that in my first three years in GA experience. Wow. I was working on everything. One day I could come in and work on a 172, then maybe in the afternoon work on a King Air, um, business jets, and I also did the uh, contract for line maintenance for the airlines. So if you go into GA, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to stay on smaller aircraft. Because technically, you could be working on a 737, and if it's flying Part 91, basically GA. GA, that's right. Good point. I'm glad you said that, because a lot of people do Part 91 and, and do these really large jets. That's yes, for sure. Yes, they do. Yeah, another thing I was going to ask you is that you know, one of my first interviews uh, was with uh, a mechanic that is, was a female. This is going back about 10 years ago. Uh, I think that we're seeing more and more females get into it because they – see other females that are involved. Traditionally, you haven't seen that in the past. I'm wondering, is that changing? It is. It's changing a lot because the more women we get in, the more women see that, yes, we can do this. It's not a strength thing when it gets to aviation. And in aviation, especially for women, they know how to use leverage over strength. Right. For example, to rivet an aircraft structure it doesn't take brute force to hold that rivet gun on. It takes finesse. And if there's one thing women know about, it's finesse. That's for sure. And the other thing, too, I think people don't realize is the fact that a lot of it's paperwork, too. I, I think people really do not realize how much is involved in actually thinking and paperwork and, and recording everything. Maybe you could speak towards that. I mean, it seems like the, the paperwork outweighs the parts. Sometimes it does. <laughs> I had a pilot one time tell me that when the uh, paperwork matches the gross max weight of the aircraft, then we can fly. <laughs> then we can go fly. <laughs> but it is just as important as your mechanical skills. It is a, a balancing act, and they've got to be equal. If you're a good mechanic but not good with paperwork, then it's, you're not a good aircraft mechanic. Or if you're good with paperwork and not the mechanical experience, still not a good aircraft mechanic. A good aircraft mechanic is going to be good at the paperwork and the actual skill to replace parts and stuff. So is that something you'll learn while you're at Travis? Yes, you will. One yeah. of our big subjects is forms and regs, and <laughs> that covers all of our regulations that we can do and all the different forms that are, entail a repair for an aircraft. And as an owner of an aircraft and many different aircraft, one of the most important things is the paperwork uh, because when you're buying an aircraft, if there's not a good paper trail, half, half the value to me is actually in the paperwork and having a mechanic properly document everything that's been done there and also finding a good mechanic is important. And you can become a good mechanic right there at, uh, I think it's pulpedpathways.com, right? And it's Travis Technical College. You can just go on Google, Travis Technical College right here. They can, they can do their training here at Central Florida Aerospace Academy. Can actual uh, students from the high school start out becoming a mechanic? Actually, the high school has a really good general program that they're involved with, and it gives them a really good foundation for our airframe program, and they are pipelining their students straight into our program. And uh, we are located at the high school, but this summer we are going to be moving into the Piedmont hangar. So we are expanding. Wow, and that's a testament to your program if you are expanding right now. 
Rosie, we appreciate your coming here. And uh, if there's somebody who's on, on the fence as far as wanting to get involved as a mechanic, maybe they could talk to somebody. How can they contact you? Through the website? Yes, they can contact me through the website, or if they see me around here, I'm an aircraft inspector for the air show, and I am all over the place. So uh, I'm usually over at CFAA in the afternoons, and they can stop by any time with any kind of questions they might have. Rosie, I appreciate that. There's a lot of really cool organizations out there, especially for uh, female aviators, but also female mechanics, aren't there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's great to see more people get involved with aviation, no matter what their background. That's and, what we're here for. Yes, that's for sure. And it's a, I think it's a testament to this show here, because it does support ACE. ACE supports CFAA, which supports Travis Tech. And it's just your ticket that you bought today is going towards helping the folks at CFAA and at Travis Tech. Rosie, thanks for coming. I really appreciate you coming by. And don't forget to go check them out. You're going to be here during the show uh, in your Air Ops shirt. And, uh, and grab or say, hey, I want to learn more about Travis Tech. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. We're going to go to some shout-outs and uh, have our producers uh, help Rosie off the deck here. Uh, don't forget Travis Technical College. You can find them at polkedpathways.com. Dot com, and that's Travis Technical College. It's over in the Central Florida Aerospace Academy. <laughs> Austin Straubel Airport out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, has been a great sponsor of, of, this, uh, of the radio station. Has been here all week long, and we really appreciate them for stepping up and helping us out. Dave, I know, I know you can't thank them enough. I can't thank yeah. them enough for what they've done for us here on the, on the deck Susan, welcome. It's, uh, I saw you yesterday wandering yes. around and looking at all the different things that are out there uh, in, the, in the hangars. I finally got to go out there. How do you like the show? Is your first time here? No. Uh, I had previously worked for EAA oh. and had worked the Sudden Fun show with them for a few years and saw the value uh, once I started working for Green Bay Austin Straubel International Airport and how uh, we could connect and encourage people to fly into my airport for the annual AirVenture celebration that happens in July. Ah, oh, they can go there in AirVenture. So there's, there's another airport that's close to you that a lot of people go on the airlines uh, and land there, but they can also land at your airport with the airlines? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have four major airlines. We have Delta, American, United, and Frontier that have daily service. Uh, some of those uh, you will have to make connecting flights. Some of them will be direct flights from your destination. The nice thing about flying commercial into my airport is that it's it's super easy. Usually people tell us it's 15 minutes from the time you park your car until you're at your gate. So wow. it's very easy. You don't have to drive all the way to Milwaukee and try and find a parking spot, etc. You can just come right in. Uh, typically we have around 400 GA aircraft that land with us during AirVenture Week. Uh, we'd love to have more. We have room for more GA aircraft. Uh, both of my FBOs, I have a signature FBO and then I have executive air FBO. Both of them are offering a fuel discount for this next year for AirVenture. Uh, you can go on to uh, flygrb.com and make a reservation with either one of our FBOs to receive that fuel discount. Um, as an example of the service that you'll get with those FBOs, uh, Two years ago, in 2019, if you remember correctly, there was a big storm that yeah. came through oh, yeah. on the Friday before AirVenture. <laughs> yeah. 
They managed to get all of the aircraft into the over uh, 400,000 square feet of hangar space that we have on field and made sure that there was no damage to any of those aircraft during that. So the, it, it was a large game of Jenga. Jenga, <laughs> to get yes. Them all in there. But Airplane that was Jenga. just the extra mile that they wanted to go to make sure people enjoyed the show. FlyGRB.com, or speaking with the marketing and communications manager over at the Austin Strobel Airport in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I think another thing that people think about when you mention those airlines is uh, they get the impression that this might not be quite the GA airport I want to fly in. They get the impression it's more like a Milwaukee. It's not. It's no. not. Uh, no, we're not as busy as Milwaukee. Uh, we're definitely uh, a towered airport, but uh, I would say a friendly towered airport where you can easily get a, t- a slot in to land. So people from or that are in Florida, we have a lot of snowbirds, by the mm-hmm. way, from the Green Bay area. Absolutely. Uh, so, and boy, I see all the cheeseheads all over the, <laughs> the place here. How would they get from here up to Green Bay if they want to get back? They could go through, there's two airports, Orlando and Tampa, I'm assuming? Yes. So right now, Frontier has nonstop flights from Orlando to Green Bay three times a week. Uh, that is a seasonal service, but they keep extending it this year. Good. So they, so more and more people are flying back and forth. Um, there are other options, of course. I flew into Tampa this time for my visit. Um, obviously, you can go into Daytona Beach. You can go into just about any of the Florida airports and uh, find your way up to Green Bay. As, have you seen an impact, not from the, the airline, obviously, you've seen an impact there, but from a general aviation standpoint, have you seen an impact because of what's happened in the past year? You know, the impact has been far less than we thought it was going to be. Uh, what has been really interesting is I think people have had more time to learn how to fly. So it seems like every week I'm reposting something from our uh, Pilot Smith Pilot School in Kavu for somebody who's soloed, somebody who's gotten an upgrade, somebody's gotten uh, you know their uh, private pilot's license, somebody who's gotten their CFI. So uh, that has been surprising that people have had a little bit more time to get out there and, and do something that they've been hoping to do. Um, and really from the, um, I would say from the cargo and from the um, private um, we've, we still have seen a lot of industries coming and going. Whether you know it or not, Green Bay manufactures a lot of toilet paper. Oh, wow. This is in a popular fact, time for them. Yes. In fact, Green Bay uh, is where splinter-free toilet paper was uh, invented. So you can thank us all later thank you. for that. <laughs> <laughs> but during the pandemic, they were making something like 10,000 rolls of toilet paper an hour just in one of the facilities. And you think about that toilet paper is manufactured all around the United States and Canada and Mexico. So they would still have to get there. A lot of times they would have to go by a private jet during the height of the pandemic. But they're still flying back and forth and making sure we all have our toilet paper. So that's important. (laughs) The other important thing is visiting. It's a great place to visit. Absolutely. Uh, It's been a while since I've been in the Green Bay area. But if they're to fly in to Green Bay, Austin Straubel, where can they go? Where, what's there to visit and what's there to do? Yeah, absolutely. So we typically have a, a booth at AirVenture, and we found that by Thursday, everybody's asking us about things to do in the Green Bay area. Right. So a couple of things that I would recommend in the immediate Green Bay area is to tour Lambeau Field. Even if you're a Bears fan, even if you're one of those other fans out there, it is a remarkable experience to stand uh, in a place that that is revered as Titletown. Um, you get to uh, take a tour and you can get down on the field so you can have that experience. 
uh, really good restaurants in the area as well. Uh, people who like trains, there's the National Railroad Museum that's not far from Lambeau really? Field as well. And I always recommend to people who are looking for kind of an outdoor experience or, or, or maybe a, a more relaxed experience after looking at airplanes and, and football stadiums to head up to Door County, Wisconsin, which is just north of Green Bay. It's the little pinky of land that hangs out into uh, the Bay of Green Bay and Lake Michigan. And it's often referred to as the Nantucket of the Midwest. So lots of vineyards. There's lots of good coffee and candles and shopping and restaurants. And really, if you want to, you can just get on a kayak and tootle around in, in one of the small lakes or streams and relax. Visiting Green Bay, what do you think is the best time of year for someone like me from Florida? Uh, my favorite time is the end of September, beginning of October, because the leaves have started to turn. So um, the color usually by the time you get to the beginning of October is quite vibrant. The peak is usually the second week of October when you've got everybody, everything's in, in color at that point. Um, it's apple season, so there's loads of fresh apples for you to experience, along with the apple cider and the hard cider and everything that goes with that. <laughs> You know, we talk uh, apples, sometimes we think Washington, but boy, I tell you, Wisconsin has some great apples. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, having grown up around apples, it's it's so much fun to go see them squeeze the apples and (laughs) cider and warm cider. Samples. Samples. (laughs) I really, Mm. you know, one of the things I found with people is that they're so excited that come from Wisconsin. They're very friendly people. And I'm wondering if that's because of the, the different times of year that they get out and party when it's real good weather and they, they, uh, they definitely come in and, they, and they're so close together when, it, when it's cold. Uh, they, they know the extremes and they're willing to help each other, which I think is Absolutely. awesome. Uh, you know, we call them cheeseheads. Why is that? Well, I think I'm not, don't quote me on this, but we've <laughs> got to be one of the world's largest manufacturers of cheese. As an example, there's a dairy that's at the bottom of the hill where I live that has 8,000 cows that are making milk to make ice cream and sour cream and yogurt and everything in between all day long. So for those that want to go touring, say, ice cream or, or cheese factories, they're up there. Oh, you can absolutely. Actually, yeah. absolutely. And, and you said wineries, too. I think that's that's a neat thing. You know, when I'm flying in, I want to have something to do. Maybe I want to bring, you know, my wife's not into aviation, so I want to be able to take her yes. out and go to some of these wineries. The other big thing that's happening in Washington, in Wisconsin is also these breweries. I mean, yes. microbrews, lots of different types of restaurants, et cetera. Right, by the way, are you from there originally, from the Wisconsin area? No, you live I'm there actually now? originally from North Dakota, northeastern part of the state, almost Canada, basically. Uh, but I've lived in Wisconsin for the last 21 years, so i uh, gotten to know a lot about the area. Uh, you know, there's there's really something for everyone. If you're if you're traveling with, uh, we usually refer to them as the the trailing spouse or the the <laughs> trailing other. You know, and maybe they're not that into aviation or they're not into the NFL. Uh, you know, there's a number of spas. There's a number of you know really nice boutiques and that sort of thing. If it, if it's a gentleman, there's plenty of golf. Um, Kohler, which is just to the south of uh, Green Bay. Uh, generally hosts the PGA tournament, and this year we'll be hosting the Ryder Cup. So you wow. certainly have some uh, A-level golf courses that you can experience in the area as well. And in the winter, there's even fun things to do. Oh, absolutely. You can't miss the uh, New Year's uh, Day polar bear plunge into Lake Michigan. <laughs> have you done that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I said it was from no, North she's Dakota. A, she's a smart, 
She's a smart, intelligent girl. Right? No, you don't do that on purpose. Um, but there's also a lot of cross-country skiing. You'll see a lot of people snowmobiling. In fact, some of the communities farther north, that's how they get around all winter. That's their, their transportation. High school kids have their snowmobile and ride it to school. So it's, it's definitely Northwoods. Yeah, I think another thing people don't realize is aviation happens all year long up there, even in the winter, flight training especially. Yes, absolutely. We have some really, really fabulous small communities that have been um, nurturing their FBO and the the talent and the 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 uh, people that that utilize those FBOs. And one that comes to mind is you know there's one that every Friday they host a fly-in with a lunch. And, you know, they, they host a competition to see who can land on the line. And when I say lunch, it's like a full turkey dressing, mashed potatoes, etc. And they, they use the money then to go back into helping a kid learn how to build an airplane. And it's a short 15-minute flight from Green Bay. It's, it's a feel-good moment. You get to see the progress, you know, the, the kids are doing on the airplane. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of good float plane options, too, out there with all of our lakes and... You'll see them flying around. Don't you have 10,000 lakes? Oh, wait, no, that's no, my own No, that's state. our neighbors. We like them, though. They're good. <laughs> and I, I, my big question is, when I fly in to Austin Straubel, yes. where is the best place for me to get squeaky cheese? Actually, right at my airport. So and how both, much did you bring for us? I didn't. I'm sorry. I should have. Yes. <laughs> so we get we get fresh cheese curds delivered three times a week at the airport, both at the main terminal oh, and man. at both of the FBOs. So the other thing that I always tell people is one FBO bakes fresh chocolate chip cookies in the afternoon, and the other one has their own blend of coffee. So you might want to visit them both <laughs> when you're picking up your squeaky cheese. Squeaky cheese. Oh, is that, that's a good description of it, too, for yeah, those of us that love. You've never heard cheese curds be I, called squeaky cheese? I nev- squeak. But it is squeaky. That's for yeah, sure. That's now why, I understand why, why it's like called that. It. Next year, I'll have to ship a cooler or something. We'll yes, definitely bring it in. Susan, where can they find you online if they're listening right now? They can visit us at flygrb.com. They'll be able to locate both of our FBOs there as well as our airlines if they decide to make an accommodation that way. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I have been giving out the reb- right website all week. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, folks, uh, Fly GRB is a Southern Fun- is our big radio sponsor this year. We, we can't thank them enough for that. The money they use, the sponsorship money goes to help us improve our operation. But they've also brought some swag down. You can stop yes. by the radio station, and they, get, they brought these really cool sanitizers they're like about the thickness of two or three yep, credit you cards. Put it in your pocket. Stuff in your pocket, in your you know your shirt pocket, your back pocket. So feel free to stop by the station and pick up one of those really cool hand sanitizers. And um, we've already been talking and plotting and planning for next year that we're going to do some giveaways and Absolutely. contests and stuff. Absolutely. Al, you know, I really appreciate you coming here. One thing uh, about you, Susan, is that you're always happy, and the, the, <laughs> it must be because the people up there are so friendly, and because you're from Green Bay, you do truly love it there, and uh, we really appreciate you and your sponsorship, flygrb.com. Uh, it's a wonderful area, Green Bay, to visit, not just during the summer, not just during Oshkosh, which they can do. They can help you out. Absolutely. Places to stay, restaurants, et cetera, Absolutely. and transportation, but all throughout the year. Thanks again, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. you. Happy to be here. The After Landing Checklist.
Well, I hope you enjoyed those interviews. I know it was a, a longer episode. We were out there doing lots of interviews, both in the field and live on the deck. The next episode is going to be the last day. Don't have quite as many interviews, but some really inspirational stories. I really hope you enjoy us bringing these to you. We really enjoy and love doing the air shows. You're going to see more air shows in the future of us going out and doing interviews in the field, uh, these type of live or delayed feed type of, of interviews. I'm really excited to bring more. We're going to be at the land. We're going to also be at the Florida International Air Show and many more throughout the year. So I hope you're enjoying some of these great interviews we've done with air show performers, also some of the exhibitors, and some of the really inspirational stories from the volunteers out there to all the different air shows, especially at Sun and Fun. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.